This is Daryl Banks, and whether it's bright as day or black as night, you should be listening to the Lantern Cast. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Pretty cool, huh? Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Borkelman. I'm Mark Marble. I'm Sean Ingle. I'm John from the Floaters Page blog. I'm Andy Makin. I'm Cajun Sean. I'm Phil Boha. I'm Scott Davis. I'm Corwin Kroll. I'm Dwayne Finstra. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Jim Ford. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 200. Awesome. We are finally, finally here. <laughs> uh, it, I think we'll be here for a while based on the way this episode has been recorded. <laughs> it is a four-hour event. <laughs> I'm, At least. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's got to be about four hours because when I – The director's cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the eight-hour version. Peek, peek behind the curtain, folks. Uh, <laughs> what you're hearing right now is being recorded after everything else has already been recorded. Don't ruin it. <laughs> Don't ruin the magic, Chad. I'm just, I'm just saying that is what this episode is like. <laughs> so – there are things that were not recorded in sequence, but it's all going to work out. It's all going to be cool. Uh, lots of guests, as you heard when we were listing off names in the beginning of the episode. Um, we had a lot of people that we wanted to show up and a lot of a lot of things that we wanted to do as far as topics. Uh, unfortunately, we only got around to a few of them. Uh, Mark, you want to elaborate on that a little bit? We had a few for various reasons. There were a few of the people that were important to the Lantern cast that we certainly wanted to have on that just were they were just unable to make it for certain reasons like Meg Meg was unable to make it because of technical difficulties her microphone pretty much spit the bit unfortunately so by the time we needed to get everything recorded you know and based on Meg's work schedule as well it just wasn't something that was going to be just wasn't to be this time and of course uh John and Rachel um they suffered a they suffered a loss in their family. Their beloved, adorable little kitty goatee, unfortunately, passed away this week, and that pretty much is a certainly a very very understandable reason why they couldn't make it onto the show this for this episode. They originally were we were planned on recording a little bit earlier, but obviously things just hadn't worked out, and this week just was certainly an impossibility. So. Our thoughts go out to them, and we understand this is a difficult time, and we wanted to know we're thinking about you, and we certainly wish you could have made this episode, but we certainly understand why you couldn't. Yeah. So. And I absolutely want to reiterate that because, you know, I posted on my own Facebook not too long ago. I mean, it was a few months now, but uh, a while now, but, uh, you know, I had to put, well, we were going to put my dog Rex to sleep, um, but, you know, just kind of worked out in, in, in the way that, uh, he was so excited being loaded up into the truck. He gave himself a stroke <laughs> before uh, before we even left the property uh, to take him to the vet to put him to sleep. So that was kind of a a blessing uh, in a way. But uh, you know, lost lost the dog. So uh, having been been you know experienced the loss of a pet when I was little, and you know fairly recently, you know love love goes out to you guys. 
Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, and we also wanted to have Jason on. Um, uh, Jason Grice, program director of the Lantern Cast, uh, 2000 and, uh, 2011 Freaking Swear, no, 2010 Freaking Swear award winning Jason Grice. <laughs> That's a flashback <laughs> to longtime listeners. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I guess with work schedule and, you know, family obligations and stuff like that, he couldn't make the recording. Uh, so, you know, I definitely wanted to make, make sure some, you know, we, we gave some shout outs to, uh, those individuals because they are and have always been a big part of the Lantern Cast family. So, uh, those of you who know that they've appeared on, on past episodes, anniversary episodes such as this, uh, we wanted to let you know that, uh, we, we didn't exclude them. Uh, we just couldn't get a, we just, it just couldn't work out this time. Uh, but you did hear some familiar names and some not so familiar names in that intro. So, uh, hopefully you guys are excited. Um, and some of the things we're talking about, uh, this episode, um, there's a lot, there's some Green Lantern talk in there. So for those of you who think this is just all catch up with fun, uh, fun listeners and stuff like that, that is not, that is not, uh, solely the case this episode. We are actually covering an issue. Uh, do we want to say which issue? Should we just leave it to Lim to find out? Let's leave it a mystery. All right. We'll leave it a mystery. Uh, we are catching up with Twitter, uh, the Twitter faithful, as I call them. A uh, group of guys who have always been active on Twitter. Uh, we're following up with a couple of other listeners. Um, uh, and we're also bringing back Jim and Dan. And as a matter of fact, we weren't sure how it was going in the beginning. But as you'll hear in the Jim and Dan uh, segment with me and Mark, um, Jim and Dan have some uh, commentary and some thoughts on DC and Lantern titles and, you know, the New 52. And we went... Over over our time limit that we had set for ourselves on that one, uh, and but it was it was awesome. So if you guys missed Jim and Dan talking about uh, lantern stuff and you know comics in general, um, that is where you're going to get that. And we also have an awesome voicemail from a creator, which Mark you've heard by now. Oh yes, one one of, one of our one of our favorites and one of our, the good friends of the Lantern Cast. So it it was and it was a pretty awesome message. So I think most. I think most listeners, when they, I, I would assume most listeners will share our sentiments when they when they hear it. Yeah, uh, you guys know, you probably know who it is, and you probably, you know, because of the intro of the episode. Um, but that is not all there was to it. So uh, it's short but sweet. Uh, so awesome there. And there's a couple of announcements in the episode. One of which involves Mark and I's first contest for the Lantern Cast. I won't say what it is, and I won't say what the prize is, but I will say the contest ends at the end of this year. So, we got some time to it, so enjoy episode 200, guys. Um, I, there, there, there were some great conversations that I had with the Twitter folks, uh, and uh, some conversations Mark and I had with uh, our GL representatives, both uh, past Lantern Cast related and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the outside of Lantern Cast. Uh, I know Mark, you had some good conversations with some people. Absolutely, it was both some of the ones in particular that you're alluding to, they went very, very well, and I'm, they were ones a new ones a new guest to our show, a new not a new listener, but a new guest actually as, as appearing on the show, and that's for, that went pretty well. Definitely, we should have him back again, and and we have an old friend in another segment that has been on the show multiple. Times not even that long ago, actually. Mm-mm. So that that went that went pretty well. So 
it's, it's a fun episode, so I think people will people will enjoy it. And uh, just 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 hopefully the expiration date for the contest will, will come up shortly before the uh, episode actually ends <laughs> in real time. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so <laughs> there's nothing left, guys. If we go any longer, we're going to hit the five hour mark. So <laughs> we're we're done. And all we got to say is enjoy episode number two hundred. Enjoy it, everybody. Later. Bye. This one is a little bit of a surprise that we wanted to give you guys uh, out there. Um, we figured we're just talking uh, with a bunch of listeners uh, this time around. And, and th- while we love doing that, it's episode 200, not just for the listeners so we brought them on, but it's episode uh, 200 for the people who can't come on. So we figured we'd have a little bit of Green Lantern talk. And uh, while Mark and I are competent-ish... <laughs> in that in that area, um, we figured we we might need a little bit of backup, so uh, we brought in Sean Engel from Just One of the Guys and Floto or John from Floto's page, which is uh, a Green Lantern or well, one of the many Green Lantern blogs, but one of the better ones out there, um, in my my, my opinion. <laughs> and no problem. And uh, and and uh, to do that, we're gonna. What better way to uh, to celebrate uh, episode 200 by covering issue 200 of, of Green Lantern. Uh, a random place, I know, but uh, it works. And, it, and it's pre-New 52, so that's that's always a plus. That is. That is always a plus. There's nothing wrong with Steve Englehart and Joe Staten. Uh, <laughs> so we have a, a limited time for the segment, so we're going to just hop hop right in. Uh, I'm going to do a really, really quick recap, and then we're just going to discuss the issue. Um, the issue opens on Oa, and it's kind of centered around the Guardians of the Universe as they're going to be leaving Oa very soon. Um, one of the uh, Guardians has a verbal confrontation with uh, with Sinestro. Uh, cut over to Guy Gardner on Zamoron confronting Carol Ferris, a.k.a. Star Sapphire. And this is Star Sapphire when she's like... Queen, uh, chosen queen of the Zamorans and kind of a little bit nuts. Um, back over, uh, uh, well, at some point Hector Hammond, uh, joins their little party. Uh, back over to, uh, a spaceship carrying Jon Stewart and Kat Matui and Appa Ali Apsa, which is, uh, the, uh, old timer guardian who has been stripped of his immortality and made human. Cut over to Hal Jordan with Salak. Uh, I say Salak. It could be Salak. Uh, Salak, Aresia, and Chip as they are transporting Goldface and another uh, uh, villain to Oa. Hal is kind of just happy to have his ring back. Uh, he As he leaves the rest of the group to shoot on ahead to Oa, he sees Flash on the moon. Uh, just to let everybody know, this issue, just for context, takes place right after Crisis. Uh, so there's a lot of Crisis references in here. And with Flash here, you know, I, th- I think I'm dead, whole, that, that whole thing. So he sees Flash. Flash uh, Flash disappears. He sees Tomar Ray. Tomar Ray disappears. He sees Carol Ferris. And that's when they, that kind of lets the cat out of the bag. Uh, this could be Carol or it could be Star Sapphire. And then he gets into a fight with uh, Guy. Hector Hammond and Carol Ferris on this moon, uh, which he eventually wins and traps them. He heads back to Oa. Uh, everyone is bringing their various villains to Oa, imprisoning them. Sinestro is thinking to himself about the plan to have the Quardians 
uh, enter their universe from the antimatter universe, uh, and, you know, help set him free and cause some trouble. It's at this point, John Stewart and Kat Matui and Appa Ali Opsa, their ship is attacked by the Quardians, uh, and John goes out to face them. Uh, they break into the ship and the combined efforts of, uh, Katma and Appa, as a matter of fact, as he distracts them, helps defeat the Quardians. Everybody, uh, is arriving on Oa, still bringing their various, uh, villains and everything. Chip, uh, follows one of the Guardians and then gets, dis- and disappears for a little bit, gets taken. Um, Hal arrives with, uh, with Guy and Star Sapphire. The Guardians ask that Appa come into a meeting with them, and uh, he does, and uh, before uh, Hal can lock up uh, Carol and Guy in the science cells, the Guardians say no, bring them to the medium, but just watch over them. The Guardians show up, and their big meeting is telling everybody uh, not just the history of the Guardians, um, but also the history of the Zamorans as the plan is uh, to kind of repopulate the universe with some more immortals. But before they do this, they choose one Guardian and one Zamoran to fight so that the Zamoran uh, is convinced that the Guardians still will do what is necessary, uh, that, that, that they are the Zamoran's opposite half. So think, think of the, uh, the Zamorans as uh, super intense Amazons, in their thinking of, you know, no men and, you know, women are better than men, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, well, Appa and, uh, not Appa, this Guardian and the Zamoran fight, eventually they are convinced, uh, that they're the opposite half. Um, they grab hands and, you know, kind of fade off into the sunset after giving everybody various charges. Uh, Appa's gonna be looking over the, the core, but he's gonna be doing so from Maltus because he's mortal now, so if anybody needs guidance, that's where it'll be. Two of the honor guard is going with, uh, Appa, and the, uh, rest of the core is left to kind of manage themselves as, as they wish, but Hal Jordan and John Stewart will both base their operations on Earth. Um, but before they fade off, one of the guardians is revealed to be Sinestro because one of the Guardians stashed a yellow ring on the outside of their ship. Uh, and then the Guardians and the Zamorans, after fixing that issue, fade off into the ether. And uh, next issue is the beginning of the Green Lantern Corps. So that was a little, little, little bit longer than I wanted it to be. But what do you guys think of the issue? No, I love this issue. It's, it's a real flashback for me. Uh, reminds me of all the things that I used to love about Green Lantern back in the day. Definitely. Get all the characters there just coming in after crisis. Uh, Hal gets his ring back. It's great stuff. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, the Inglehart Staten runs kind of an underrated run in the Green Lantern series in the, in the Bronze Age. And it's kind of interesting that, uh, this is coming right after crisis. And, uh, once crisis happened, there were so many changes that we saw in the DC universe. You know, we saw Superman get rebooted. We saw a new Flash come in. But Green Lantern pretty much was one of those ones that sort of stayed the same. Um, I, I love Joe Staten's art. He he does some of the best stuff uh, for the Bronze Age uh, Green Lantern. Um, Dave Gibbons was pretty good when he was working with Lynn Wayne, but this is just this is just my jam here. I really enjoyed this. No, I think I I actually had never read the full this full issue before. I have to be honest. I had seen bits and pieces of it, so this was the first time that I actually got to read the whole thing. 
So the thing that strikes, so coming from that aspect, that angle, it's kind of interesting because you can't help, at least for me, I can't help but compare, you know, the characters, the way they look and the way, to a certain extent, the way they act compared to how we've seen them act in the way, and look over the last, certainly like the last few years. Kind of hard getting, to, for me anyway, it's kind of hard going, I mean, I, 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 it's the classic look and I, so it's, I'm not, I'm not criticizing it at all. It's just hard to see Sinestro looking like this now. Yeah, Sinestro. He's got the he's got the really elongated sort of pointy pointy head. He doesn't look he doesn't look humanoid with just sort of a the the military cut. He's got that really alien look. So it it is a very different look for all the people. But it's it for this era. It, I think uh, Staten is probably one of the better artists you could get to draw the Green Lantern Corps. So and uh, the you know even though we're talking about issue 200, this sets up what's going to be going on after this and sets up some interesting new characters that are going to be showing up in the story later. Kilwog shows up actually in the next issue. So this, and and plus this has repercussions throughout a lot of the DC universe as well with uh, the, the guardians going away for a while with Appa Aliapsa being set up on Maltus and eventually going to uh, Oa and that's setting up the uh, mosaic storyline and the uh, initial uh, reboot of Green Lantern during the uh, late late eighties. So yep, the Gerard Jones run, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some good stuff. Yeah, plus, uh, and plus they go and plus sorry, Chad, it opens the uh, kind of opens the door for one of the one of the plot points that they kind of have never resolved, which is whatever happened when they and the Zamorans went off and they supposedly were going to have kids and stuff, and we've never and and we still have never really had that revisited. Well, I think they kind of tried to do something about it. In um, uh, the New Guardians storyline, not the New Guardians, the one that's coming out currently, but the one that came out, you know, just right after Crisis. I think it came out right in the middle of Millennium. And basically it was a bunch of new characters and Tom Kalmaku who were supposed to be, you know, sort of the scions of these uh, or both of the caretakers of the Guardians offspring. I don't think it ever really got... You know, fully fleshed out in that story. You know, that's that's one of my blind spots. I haven't read that. I've just heard tale of it. Also heard tale of how awful it was. So that's the <laughs> it is to. pretty bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, in the letters page, uh, there's actually a, a, a double page uh, letters page letters by Lantern Light uh, back here. But there's a bit of an intro um, from. Uh, I don't know if it's by Steve or somebody, but basically what it's saying in this uh, little uh, this little column here is that Steve and Joe have been planning to get to this point since they first took over the the series. That this was the this issue we just read was the plan all along was to get Green Lantern to the point where they could turn it into Green Lantern Corps. Which is, I think that's the first time they ever even had the title Green Lantern Corps. I don't think it's like a flashback. I think this is, this is an invention, uh, in, in a sense by Steve Englehart and Joe Staten to call the title this and get it to this point where it focuses on the entire Corps. Yeah. They did have Tales of the Green Lantern Corps backups, I believe, right. during the Silver and Bronze Age, but they never had a specific title that was Green Lantern Corps. So yeah. This is pretty unique to the Green Lantern title. And they had the, the Tales of the Green Lantern Corps miniseries, uh, and I think there was the annuals as well, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I just, I think it's cool to see lanterns like, you know, Metaphil and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, 
So, you know, Sinestro back to being his lanky form, Carol Ferris as the crazed star sapphire, which, which is kind of funny because there's, there's a point in here where the guardian, the, the Zamorans or somebody mentions that, uh, the guardians harness their green light and their, their gem, quote unquote. And then the Zamorans like, we harness the purple light in our gem. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. When I was, when I was, re- when I was reading that, that, that kind of, that was one of the things I picked up on. It's like, well, at least that's kind of, at least in a way that kind of has been, you know, carried forth or ex- they kind of extrapolated the, uh, to get to the, the different cores. You guys all say violet into yourselves. <laughs> yes. And I, I, and I also found it interesting when they, when they, when they were about to, when they were about to leave, when they mentioned the, uh, the guardians were mentioning that they're going to leave the central, leave the central power battery behind just so they could, uh, because no matter where we are, the battery is going to be able to detect our energy. So kind of implying that, it, that not implying directly saying back then that you know basically it was the guardians themselves that were powering the central power battery. One scene I really liked that shows the strength of the guardians is uh, when that guardians uh, having the fight with the Zamoran, and and he's kind of like a Mr. Miyagi or a ninja. He doesn't even have to put an effort into it. Every shot. That the Zamoran warrior fires at him. He's looking off in the other direction, and he just repels it with a flick of the wrist, or in one case, even off the top of his head. And it does show how powerful the Guardians uh, really are. Yeah, well, it also sits with the, how the Guardians sort of uh, how they how they portray themselves. They're not men of action. They leave that up to the Green Lantern Corps to to see them if they are going to get into a confrontation. For them to have that sort of Mr. Miyagi type feel and, you know, uh, sort of have a Zen type feel as well in defending themselves, it fits in with uh, their characterization in my opinion. That's true. I think I also, from when, I, when I read it, I also picked up on, in a way, it kind of was foreshadowing since we had just, we've just done Emerald Twilight, you know, revisiting it. The idea that, well, because the Zamoran is kind of pointing out that, well, you know, you you pretty much can't you can't beat me because you you've, it's been so long since you've acted you kind of you kind of have forgotten how and we, so we, that that kind of echoed that theme that was in Emerald Twilight with Hal when Hal pretty much does the same exact thing to the Guardians and at that point the Guardians are a lot even more removed from taking action themselves so that that thought or that theme kind of you know carried forth. One thing I don't remember uh, in the beginning of the issue I'll just read the the, the box. The 36 Guardians who confronted the anti-monitor's threat to the universe they had devoted their or immortalized to protecting are reduced to 22 after choosing the wrong response. All Okay, it's been a while since I've read Crisis, so that, that could be the issue there. But all I remember from Crisis involving the Guardians was them being locked in this sort of stasis and just kind of put out of the game by the anti-monitor. I don't remember... In the of them being involved in getting killed, uh, maybe I'm just not remembering right. I'm wondering if this has something to do with the offshoot group of guardians that gave Guy Gardner the mission to go out and basically kick ass during the crisis. I don't know whether this was followed up in any of the uh, ancillary books that centered around the crisis, but I know there was a scene in like issue seven where you had a group of guardians giving Guy the ring and saying, go out and do our bidding. And I'm wondering if the, uh, the land or the guardians that, that fell during that time, the guardians that they say were lost during that time were that offshoot of guardians. But yeah, it's been a while since I've read crisis as well. So 
my memory could be playing with me as well. But wow, 22 Guardians. <laughs> we're down. How, how, how many Guardians were did Sinestro kill in GL20 at the end of Jeff John's run? What were they down to? Uh, I think they were down to like seven or something. Six or seven. Yeah. And now the new group is what, five? Five or six? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. And of course, you know, Gansett and Sade are out there somewhere. Yeah, that's true. They're still alive. <clears throat> so what did you guys think of the scene with Flash and Tomar Ray? Tomar Ray and Flash had obviously just been killed an issue or two before and in crisis. Uh, I, I thought it was cool. I mean, it, it had been a while since I read this issue, so I actually thought it was Flash, uh, uh, and, and Tomar Ray because uh, well, I, I thought I thought it actually was Flash, but when Tomar Ray showed up, I was like, eh, "This is kind of fishy." Are they going to explain this? Uh, of course, for the readers, because we didn't go in depth. This is all just projections by uh, Hector Hammond to distract. Uh, you know, it's 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 his contribution to the fight between him, uh, Guy Gardner, and and Carol Ferris, uh, Star Sapphire. But I had just listened not too long ago to the uh, graphic audio this on Infinite Earths. Um, which that's, that one is not, not based on the graphic novel so much as the actual novel written by Marv Wolfman, which centers around the Flash kind of jetting back and forth in his ethereal form, you know, between various events of the crisis. So I thought, I thought this was, you know, ethereal Flash, you know, you know, just kind of popping up and saying goodbye to Hal. But, uh, in a way it kind of was. I mean, this is, this is kind of something Barry would say. Uh, I think it is. Really, I know it comes from Hector, but I think for Green Lantern readers, this is uh, the chance that we were given to say goodbye to Flash and to say goodbye to Barry Allen because of that relationship that was so strong between between Hal and Barry, um, that we Green Lantern readers got our own chance to say so long to him, really, I think. And it is kind of nice, the fact that since Hal was kind of sidelined during the crisis, he wasn't really a major portion. He wasn't even a part of the crisis. He didn't even know, I, don't, I think, till later that Barry died during it. So the fact we get this little scene here, even though it is a projection from Hector Hammond, that we get a scene between Barry and Hal, and they get to sort of say their goodbyes, even though it's kind of tragically broken up by him fading away at the end. It's It's a nice... It's a nice gift for us readers, and it's a nice gift for Hal, for him to, to allow him to actually see his very good friend for at least one last time. I agree. That's, I thought that, I thought it was a definitely was a scene that if it had actually happened, if it was kind of like Barry appearing to Hal, which we know down the road he actually did appear to Hal in different times, that it would have that this had been real certainly would have just kind of just fit in naturally with with what we would see happen down the road, and it did give them a a nice. Final interaction, uh, final goodbye. So I, it, it it was cool, and the I like the Tomar thing too, because I always liked I always liked Tomar. So it was kind of that was kind of a nice touch. I did. I, I was a little thrown off by how they keep uh, referencing the crisis because you know you're nobody's supposed to remember the crisis, but right after the crisis, I think every character uh, kind of kind of referenced it, but it was never in detail. It was always just vague references to the crisis, like even. Even Hal says uh, it was so huge, so overwhelming, I couldn't let myself think about how I felt in its wake. Uh, just glad we survived. And he says, my crisis is over. And to me, it was bigger than the one the universe faced. 
little, little arrogant there, but yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, Hal being arrogant? That's that's unheard of. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Green Lantern, even through the even through the changes of the crisis and up now to the changes in the New Fifty Two, Green Lantern has been one of those comics that really wasn't affected all that much by the crisis. Things kind of there were minor changes and like there retcons, like when uh. Guy was supposed to be, I believe, in the Phantom Zone when he was trapped, you know, after the battery explosion. It was kind of retconned to him being in a parallel or an alternate dimension. So there were changes like that, but for the most part, things in Green Lantern, you know, stayed pretty much the same. Uh, I know later on in the series of Tingleheart and Staten, uh, we go to Chip's planet, and Chip remembers the crisis, but the people on his planet... Uh, in fact, uh, I think his girlfriend or maybe his wife completely forgot it and don't realize that they were married. Or she was married to Chip, and I think her name was Minnie as well. So there you go, more Disney references. For this <laughs> but um, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, it is kind of interesting that you know Green Lantern specifically. Green Lantern seems to be one of the books that references the crisis a lot more than the other books at this time. I mean, I know. They do kind of beat you over the head with that, and like you kind of you've alluded to, Chad, throwing out you know crisis so many times in the course of the book. But it makes at least it makes sense since how closely you know after the events of Crisis that this book took place in or when it came out. Though of course it does it does kind of remind me on the negative side how how every single time we 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 read a Lantern book now we have to be reminded about the stupid reservoir of the emotional spectrum. Oh, good. And when I started I wonder, reading, when I started reading Godhead, they, they they start you right off the bat with that. Though I guess because it's a, a supposed to be bigger than just Green Lantern readers. I guess I can kind of understand that. But God, if, if I hear if I see that one more time, I'm going to throw up. I wonder you know, is I that would, a, a thing? Just with this is obviously all cosmic, and the Guardians are cosmic, and the Crisis was cosmic. But once the Guardians leave, and the Lanterns have their uh, the from the different sectors where they no longer have to stay in the different sectors and the whole group take off to Earth in the next issue. And then that changes the whole tone of Green Lantern in a way, that it, it moves away from this big DC cosmic epic um, and becomes sort of a much smaller and character-driven uh, piece when we get to Earth for quite a few issues. Um, so I wonder, again, is that why the, the crisis keeps getting referenced through this? Um just because it points out the big difference in Green Lantern from when the Guardians are leading them to when they're essentially leading themselves uh, and and living in Earth could be. I mean, something had to change. And 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 if 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 in the, it seems it were the worry if 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 Englehart and Staten were planning this all along, I mean, what better time to to go through this massive shift? Than to do it right after crisis, because like like we said, Green Lantern wasn't really affected by the crisis itself, uh, not as much as other characters were. So, I mean, if if you're gonna have something like this happen, I mean, this is this is a pretty big change for 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 the Green Lantern mythos and for for the core. It obviously, doesn't take anything away. It doesn't retcon anything, um, uh, but it you know kind of switches this, which is pretty cool. It's a, it's a nice way to set up the ongoing series. Like you said, if, if Inglehart and Staten did have the idea to, to make the Earth-based lanterns, or, or make the Earth-based lanterns have sort of a base on Earth specifically, and do more character-driven stories, then 
then taking the events of the crisis and using that as a sort of uh, jumping on point for this is, is pretty clever writing. So I'll give it to him for that. Holy crap, Mark. They had Earth Lanterns on Earth and <laughs> doing personality-based storylines. What? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, hard, it's, hard, it's hard to believe. It it really it really is it really is hard to believe and somebody who can draw Hal with a decent set of hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love like, Hal's hair during this. It's it's got that it's bouncing and behaving pretty heavy. He's got the I'm looking at most of the things. He's got that sort of flip curl thing at yep. the front. It's just it's it's a great it's great sort of like late 70s early 80s hair. It's I, I love all the auras and things and uh, Staten's art as well. Um, you guys were talking about the art at the beginning, but where, when they do the green energy and things, you just get a real sense of power off it, but it's, it's got a real comic book feel to it that, uh, sometimes is missing from comics today, I think. Yeah, I just really like to see that. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was kind of funny when, uh, when the, the Guardians, or not when the Guardians, when, uh, when Appa is, uh, kind of, Telling the weaponers, uh, to back down a little bit. He's like, are you, are you really anxious, so anxious to die you'd attack a guardian and they like stop in their tracks and like, we are unaware of your presence here. Owen, our instruments failed to detect your immortal's energy. And he's, and why are you not blue? (laughs) (laughs) And he's thinking, they're beginning to see through my ruse. I was like, really? We've never, we've never classified the Cordians as being the brightest bulbs in the box. You know, they're, they're good for building, you know, yellow power rings and that's about it. Pretty much every time Howe would go to the uh, antimatter universe and take on the Cordians, he'd basically mop the floor with them. So we're, we're, we're not talking, you know, he, he, going against Sinestro, that's one thing. Going against the Cordians, that's like the, that's like the A, that's like the C listers pretty much. Yeah, put a cork in their shotgun and they're finished. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and how about that central power battery, Mark? Actually drawn I, correctly in every panel. I, you know, I, I mean, I've always agreed, and I feel, and I do feel the same way about how bad they draw the central power battery, or somebody in particular draws the central power battery these days. <laughs> but when I started, when I was reading, when I saw like that first picture of it in Godhead this week, it's like, oh my god, could you? Why is it first? Why is the handle like touching the ground? Number one, and why is it? It it doesn't even look like a battery. <laughs> it's like, oh god, just shoot me. <laughs> Do you oh. think that they're taking cues from the? They're trying to integrate cues from the movie Lantern, which I was never really too keen on. If they're trying to make you know correlate or mimic that, no. because if so, that's awful. No, I don't. I I don't for multiple reasons. I don't. I don't think that. I just think it's. I think it basically comes down to who who's ever drawing it. But just make they can almost give them like carte blanche. They don't care enough to not give them carte blanche about drawing the batteries, and they, that's why you see the battery looks or the, how the battery can look so many different ways. And God, right now, in, in the especially in the main Green Lantern title, those that battery looks so so bad. Mm-hmm. And I just and that's that we're talking about this, but it's it's on my mind since I just read this. Like yeah, like. The day before yesterday, it's like I ju- I just can't believe we're gonna have three acts of Godhead <laughs> after the first two issues. I just can't see how this can last for for like sixteen issues and not be a train wreck. There are some uh, good elements in it, some, but I just can't. I don't see how there's like sixteen issues worth of stories there. 
I, I think they, I think even DC knows the Green Lantern movie wasn't that great. So, uh, I don't, I don't see why they would take cues from it. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. The unfortunate yeah, that, thing is, I saw, you know, since I haven't gotten into the Jeff Johns run, and I know Blasphemer, get off the call, I understand. But, um, I, I'm not reading anything but Sinestro right now because there's so much back history of all of the, current Green Lantern titles that I just didn't feel comfortable just diving right in. So I have been reading Sinestro and I've been really enjoying that. And I'm, uh, is Sinestro going to be one of the books that's uh, going through God's head as well? Yes. yes. Yeah. There are every Lantern titles going through it. And and even in the first two issues, the one shot and the Green Lantern act, uh, act one, part two that came out this week, Sinestro, Sinestro is a big factor even in both of those issues. Already, so yeah, and, and good think, choice if you only have to read one book right now. Sinestro might, especially with Sewell about to leave Red Lantern, Sinestro is probably definitely the. I'd say it's definitely the one to keep reading. Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing that's kind of you know you know made me really happy in listening to your show is the the books that you guys have been enjoying the most are the books with the characters that I love the most. You know, the the Red Lanterns and the New Guardians. So to hear that. You know, it's kind of disappointing to hear that Sewell's going to be leaving Red Lanterns, but hopefully they'll bring someone in who can sort of carry on with the storyline and not turn it into crap. Yeah, not, not go not go back to the to the original run of Red Lanterns. Oh yeah, I've I've heard the original run of Red Lanterns was um, not good. No, it's hard work, hard work. <laughs> not it's as a bad read, as threshold. You're right, it was hard work. <laughs> not as bad as Threshold. Oh God! You have, to, yeah. you have to keep mentioning that. Yeah, are you going to be are you going to be finishing that up anytime soon? There's a there's a Twitter That's war right thanks. now, Mark. <laughs> Mark, before he even meant, before I mention everything, you really got to check out our Twitter page, Mark, because there are a bunch of people now saying that that have heard uh, episode uh, 199 saying that we don't know what we're covering in in 201. Oh God! And they're throwing out thresholders ideas. They're throwing out <laughs> threshold and Larflees. Oh man. I have not finished the Threshold series. I had it on my pull list for the first three, and then I saw it on sale. I could could have picked up the entire thing, um, and I couldn't bring myself to buy it. I must admit. Smart, very smart. See, this is you know, if if this is the case of what they're asking you to do on Twitter, this might be impetus for you to stop <laughs> podcasting at issue two hundred. I, uh, no. I think we have to be more selective in who we allow <laughs> to follow us. <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding. Uh, I'd, I'd rather do. I, I'd rather review the Laura Fleas book than Threshold, though I know we almost have to do Threshold first to get into it. But uh please, Floto, like you, you have the right. You were probably in the ninety-nine percentile of people that never finished Threshold. Yeah. Although I think I am enjoying the other Green Lantern books a lot more than you guys. Listening to some of your shows. Um, Which ones? Do you, well, I'm enjoying the Vanditti stuff and the Jensen stuff. Okay, so 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 finally, finally we have somebody who's who who has got a different viewpoint, and we and we respect that. We're not going to argue with you, but tell us why, because if we, Mark and I, Mark Mark and I both seem to agree and have the similar have similar tastes. But if you're actually enjoying it, tell us why. Well, I, I just think he's got a plan, and towards the end of Jeff Johns' run, he started to lose his impetus for the whole thing. It, it was becoming a, I hate to say it because I love Jeff Johns, but it was becoming a little bit boring. And I think when Relic first came on, people thought that was kind of a, an isolated story and a, and a, 
and it was self-contained and what was the point of this but when i read it i thought that's going to go somewhere and now as we read coming out of godhead even and we're looking at the future's end issue and everything there is a longer story that's been put in place um and and the thing i like about green lantern really is there there is always a continuing narrative that goes through it it's it's not just isolated stories that have no connection to each other and i'm enjoying following that that's nice. I mean, that, that makes sense. And I do agree, at least in the part that John's was kind of trailing off towards the end. Um, 20, 20 was a pretty good issue. Um, but I think that's just because Jeff was like, well, let's throw out the best parts of what I had planned. Uh, and we'll, we'll do that. Um, uh, but yeah, he was, he was kind of losing it towards the end, just kind of trailing off. I wonder if that in part is because he was just, it, it, do you think at at the beginning of the new fifty two he knew he was leaving by issue twenty, or roughly thereabouts? Like he'd be leaving, quote unquote, soon. I don't know. I much. I don't. I don't entirely know if 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 he had an end game as far as you know. I I only have a limited number of issues I think left, so I, I want to get us from point A to point B in a relative. You know, I don't know. I I do. I I firmly believe. That the quality, the reason why the quality went down was more, some of it might have simply do because his enthusiasm waned because he's been, was on the book for like almost, you know, five years at that point. But I think a lot of it had to do with just the fact that he was stretched too thin and he was doing too many, too many books and was involved in too many other things and he just couldn't devote as much energy to, to each one. So I think he focused on the big idea, maybe the bigger ideas that he wanted to do, but didn't do as well as fleshing them out. Or making the transition from you know point A to point B to point C as as smoothly as he probably did earlier in his run. And I, and to agree with what Floto said, I definitely agree. That I do. I firmly believe that Venditti and you know ben, and Jensen have a plan. Uh, I I think the and I what concerns me is just that everything seems every step along the way as far as the major beats just seems to be really really long. And if you do something that's – and if your stories are pretty long and drawn out and if people don't necessarily think they're that interesting or they don't have a big – or they don't like the payoff at least at the end, then that could be – that that's kind of dangerous, especially since we the, since the Durlin thing kind of wasn't overly successful on that front and God's Head alone is going to be you know like 16 issues or whatever. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't gotten around to Godhead yet, but um... – I just I just think that that uh, a lot of a lot of the issues in the DC universe suffer from too much editorial involvement. I always liked <clears throat> when I talked with Denny O'Neill, and I can't remember if this was ever caught on on tape before, but uh, Denny O'Neill's style of editing was that you're a bet you're you're your best editor will be someone who just you know, catches you on uh, on continuity stuff uh, and you know spelling and and grammar and you know uh, artistic reference and stuff, but doesn't touch the story, the core of what you're doing. Uh, just you know, let's let's the writer and artist do what they want to do, uh, and just you know comes in when they absolutely need to. And I, I I enjoy that that take that type of editing style, and I just think that it's the, the the edit the uh, editorial process is now too involved uh it's too it's it's 
they, they, they have too much of a heavy hand. I don't know if it's publisher driven. I don't know if it's, uh, because they, DC is way too market oriented as far as, uh, big picture, like, you know, adapting these things into animated movies or toy lines or, uh, potential TV shows or movies. Like, uh, will this story look cool in an animated feature? Or will it look cool in, uh, you know, some sort of special edition format that we can sell later down the road or, you know, something like that. I just think that there's too much, too much other consideration outside of, is this a good story? Yes or no? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's true. I don't, I don't necessarily agree that I think that, and it, not that you necessarily said this, but, but certainly it could be implied. I don't necessarily think that editorials steering the ship as far as, like some every big every big story or the majority of the like look at Green Lantern in specifically, I don't think the whole Durlin thing and making it play out the way it did was editorial's decision. I maybe I don't maybe God had the idea and I don't necessarily know of making it as long as it's going to be is an idea for it, but I think Vendetti certainly has had a lot of I think for the most part he's had a lot of free reign in coming up with his ideas because I don't think DC would have necessarily signed on for signed on for everything he wanted to do with Green Lantern right off the bat I mean I don't know but that's just me so I don't know I, I think the remit is universe building both for DC U52 and for the Lantern titles contained within themselves I think particularly because they came in with the U52 and it was a complete rewrite there was an instruction that went out across all lines that you had to create a universe, that you couldn't have a character living by themselves. Everything had to link in with the books around them and immediately establish that history over again. And I do think with the Lantern titles, I collect all of the Lantern books. Uh, the only one that I didn't buy was Larflees. I dropped that about halfway through. <laughs> but but I get all, all the books that are out at the moment and I enjoy the fact that, to some extent, that they do tie into each other. But I find myself stockpiling a little bit now. Rather than reading them each new comic book day, I sort of let them sit for two or three weeks and then re- read a few titles together. And and that's certainly the way I'm going to be reading Godhead as well, and just so that it, so that it does link together better in my mind. I think that yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, it does. Plus, it's, it's like an enthusiasm thing too. It's I think the one thing that's certainly true right now is that, at least for me, and I think Chad would agree with this. It's not like it was it several years ago when you actually couldn't wait for the next book to come out. That you wanted to almost get the book. You had to get that book like right away because because you definitely were interested in seeing what happened and what ha- yeah what happened or what was going to happen. Now it's like. I could, for the most part, I can, I could let it sit a couple, a couple of weeks even before I, I get the books, with the exception of pretty much Red Lantern, Sinestro, and depending on the storyline, New Guardians. Now, do you think that this is because the, the Green Lantern books as of recent have been doing so many overarching storylines that just letting it build up after a while is just sort of a necessity because they're doing all these runs like War of the, you know, the, the you know, War of the Lanterns and, you know, God forbid threshold and, you know, the, the lights out thing, the building, you know, sort of the waiting for the trade mentality. I know that gets bandied about a lot. Do you think that's kind of what they're trying to do here, which sort of discourages people from wanting to go and pick up the issue and read it right then and there when they know that, Mm. you know, within 
six months after all this comes out, there'll be a trade paperback of all this collected. I could, I could factor, I could factor in. I know for me, I think me feeling that way is directly driven by the storyline. Because even though, like, some of the parts of the, you know, related, related to these, like, the, the reservoir of the emotional spectrum, well, I'm not, I'm certainly not a fan of that idea. At least Lights Out was an interesting enough storyline where I pretty much wanted to read that every week to see where, to see where it was going. Yeah. Do you trans, do you compare that to the Durlin thing where, no, the Durlin thing just didn't interest me enough where I needed to run out and, and get every issue as soon as it came out as more like, yeah, I could definitely, unless there was something else I wanted to pick up that week or we were recording the next day and I needed to actually absolutely read it in like a day, I could definitely let those sit for at least another week because it's just the storyline that's driving me to, or, yes, driving or in my opinion, like forcing me almost like not to, it's like, it's like a road, a roadblock or a speed bump to, to going. It's like, yeah, I really don't need to read that today. Yeah. My lowest point in recent Green Lantern was Third Army. Ah, uh, yes. It's, it's the only time that I really felt that, that I could nearly drop the books or I wasn't interested and it wasn't working and they weren't fitting together. Uh, but on Twitter, people who didn't pick them up at the time and have bought the trade, they tell me it reads really well in trade. So I haven't read it myself to know that. Um, but it is interesting what you said before that a lot of the Lantern stuff, because the arcs are so wide and they do bring all the titles together, that, uh, it, it almost is sort of waiting for the trade or, uh, it, it's designed that way to be read in one big chunk rather than uh, perhaps the way it's been released in monthlies. Sean, are you going? Since you're only reading Sinestro, are you going to pick up, continue to pick up Sinestro even through the Godhead event and only Sinestro, or are you going to uh, drop it? See, the thing is, you know, it's not that I don't have the money to buy these, but the the fact is, I don't know whether I want to get fully invested in this overarching story or storyline. When I'm only really interested right now in Sinestro, like I said, I haven't collected the comics, you know, when the new 52 started out simply because I hadn't read the, all of the Jeff Johns era. So I kind of felt that I'd be lost. So it's, it's one of those things where I might try and do it, but you know, if, if I miss out on something, maybe I'll just have to miss out on it. So. Well, if you continue to pick up Sinestro through the Godhead event, then, uh, Write us, write in and let us know how it reads. Like, it, do you feel, will, will you feel like you're missing something? I mean, I know you know you're missing something. Yeah. But, but does it read like you're missing something? Yeah. Does it, does it, it, does it work? Does it stand on its own or is it one of these things where it's, you know, chapter five of 15 and you have to have all other 14 issues to understand what's going on? Yeah. Right. Exactly. I, I hate that when I go back over my Kyle Rayner issues and Ron Mars. And there was so much of that. It was a two-issue story, and one was in Green Lantern, and one was in Green Arrow or yeah. Teen Titans or something else. And as you're reading through the straight run in, in sequence, uh, and you're just jumping into the middle of the story and then jumping out again, and you don't know how it ends. <laughs> I really hate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a couple of those, like because I, I still have to get a lot of uh, Kyle Rayner stuff before I before I. Uh, I uh, can't say I have a complete collection, but a lot of that stuff is like, you know, you have a random crossover with Dark Stars or you have a random crossover. Like, I remember the Titans one you're saying, I think it was like Simon Says or something. Mm-hmm. It's a two issue. I know that there was a crossover with, uh, it was, it was, it was I think a three of a kind. It was fl- uh, Flash, Green Arrow and Green Lantern. Uh, and I know that 
whatever the one was, Supergirl, like, uh, the siege of whatever. Z Sharam, I think it was. Yeah, that was, that was three different titles or something. Uh, yeah. yeah. I know it crossed over between Teen Titans, uh, Green Lantern, I think it was Flash as well, and some other issue. But yeah, to be honest, that one is actually, you don't miss all that much if you just read it on its own, but, like like you said, the three of a kind storyline or anything that they has to do with uh Green Lantern, Green Arrow, like uh the next generation one that they did, yeah, you kind of have to pick up the uh the second book, otherwise you're you're lost in the wilderness. Dark Circle or whatever it was called. <clears throat> yeah, they had Dark Circle was the one they had in the Winnick run. They had one yeah. they had a couple of Green <clears throat> Lantern Green Arrow crossovers in the Mars run. I think I think one of them dealt with uh Someone who was trying to impersonate Kyle's father, but it was actually his uncle or something. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember, I remember there was one, because when Hal came back, you know, during the, the time travel thing in, uh, Emerald Knights, there was a random one that I didn't even know about for a while, uh, with, uh, Green Arrow. Green Arrow, yep. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the cover was flipped for the Green Arrow title or something like that. It was, it was crazy. That's because they all, t- in Emerald Knights, they just alternated issues because one issue was a Hal centric issue and one issue was like a Kyle centric issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. with Sinestro, but with Sinestro, it's hard. And since that issue, that issue hasn't come out yet, it's hard to know how much background they're going to give you to bring you up to, to snuff. So it really, is, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because, it, like, like I mentioned, in the first two parts of of Godhead, Sinestro is already in it, and he's already, a ma- you know, he's going to be a major factor. So the question is, how much that carries forward? Like, t- is it going to carry forward into New Guardians and Red Lanterns before we get to the Sinestro book, or is it just going to be basically because it's, you know, Green Lantern, Sinestro, Hal, that that, that those are going to be the major, you know, those will be the issues where there's going to be a lot of referencing of what happened between, you know, between the two characters in the two books. So probably New Guardians probably. Will- Obviously, New Guardians probably won't have much at all to do with what's going on with Hal and Sinestro, since Kyle's kind of off doing his own thing still for now. Unless this is where it gets revealed that Kyle's still alive. I, I, it has to, based on what based on what the goals of the of the of the New Gods t- are at this point. That that's that seems to be where they're heading. I don't think that's gonna that's that hasn't happened yet, and I don't necessarily know if it's going to happen before maybe even the third act. But that that is. Pro- that seems to be the inevitable conclusion that at the end of this, everyone's going to know Kyle's still alive. Yeah, well, yeah, since Kyle, Kyle, go ahead. No, Kyle's definitely been reintegrated again. Um, I, I wonder, is this going to be the end of the White Lantern era? Um, given that the book's called Green Lantern in New Guardians, um, is, is the end result of Godhead going to be that Kyle is stripped of the White Lantern and sort of joins up as a normal Green Lantern core member again? That would that would be interesting. I doubt it. I doubt um, it too. But I really, I, I really hope not on my own personal preference, just because. I mean, I've said it a billion times. My favorite story arc w- is has is and has always been the power of Ion when Kyle first got the Ion power and essentially became a god. I think uh, Kyle having the White Lantern power and, and as as he evolves and learning how to use it and what its purpose is and stuff like that and what he can do with it. I think it's almost like having that Kyle back. Now, whether I think it's, you know, the stories that have been told with him thus far are of equal quality with the first power of Ion story, you know, that remains to be seen. But I think we could eventually get to the point where Kyle 
is comfortable enough in that role where we kind of get that aspect. I think they're going to tease. I think, I think kind of what Floda was saying, I think it's going to factor in. I think, well, I think Kyle's going to, I think he's either going to lose the power or be lose some of his power during the story arc, but before it ends, he's going to get it back. That's what it is. Well, and I think, I think with Kyle having some sort of connection to the source wall and going through all that in the recent story, is probably going to be one of the definite. It, it only makes sense if you're dealing with the fourth world characters that you're going to have, you know, some relationship to that. And Kyle is going to play an integral part with that. Um, one question for you, Sean: Are you going to be because and you you kind of mentioned money? Are you going to be getting the uh, Jeff Johns omnibus? Holy cow! Is what? Okay, what's that? That's well. Um, <laughs> How much is, does it, is it cost? <laughs> Yeah, it's, 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 it's volume one. Uh, so it's, it's I basically rebirth till, rebirth till Sinestro Core War. But, wow. but, but it includes, it includes, um, the core issues that have to be included. Okay. Recharge, yeah. right? It's, it includes recharge. It includes, re, it includes recharge because Johns wrote that or had a heavy hand in that, but it also includes the core issues for Sinestro Core War because it's necessary for the title. Um, but yeah, it's, they're going to be doing volumes of the Jeff Johns Green Lantern run in omnibus form. You know, it, if it'd be a simple way to go, to go get them, even though having a huge omnibus and probably paying out the nose for it would, you know, I could, I could probably go hunt down the issue, the individual issues on my own for cheaper, but it might be nice just to have a big, you know, book of all the Jeff Johns stuff in one place so I don't have to, sort through all the bags and boards and pull them out and everything. Yeah, I think uh, if I remember right, I think I think the omnibus the omnibuy that they've been doing are like 125 bucks or something. Wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think you're I think you're better off if you pre-order it on uh, Amazon. Hmm. I may have to look at that because you know, after I get done with my show and I'm done with the Kyle Rayner run, I'm going to be looking for new stuff to do. So I initially, I enjoyed Rebirth, but I had some problems with it simply because the way that I felt that Kyle, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't too keen on them bringing Hal back at the time, but I've, I've pretty much gotten over that. And I, I enjoy Hal in the, in the stories now. And, you know, from what I've run, read of Jeff Johns's run, I've read the Sinestro Corps War. I picked up all of Blackest Night. So, you know, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it may take me a little bit of getting into because I'm firmly entrenched in my sort of 90s Green Lantern reading run. Yeah, I have this solicit right here in front of me from uh, previews. I have previews in my hand. And it says Green Lantern by Jeff Johns, Omnibus, Volume 1, Hardcover, on sale January 28th, 1,232 pages, full color, $125. And it's uh, Green Lantern Rebirth 1 through 6. Uh, Green Lantern Core Recharge 1 through 5, Green Lantern 1 through 25, Green Lantern Core 14 through 18, Tales of Sinestro Core Superman Prime, uh, Green Lantern Core Sinestro Special, Green Lantern Secret Files 2005, and Green Lantern Sinestro Core Secret Files number 1. Wow, that's a lot. And Mark is saying it's $78 on Amazon. Yep, that's what it is right now. So, get it on Amazon. <laughs> Definitely. But before we have to go, uh, cause we're, we're coming up on time here. Um, you guys have anything you want to say other than, uh, about the titles? Uh, if, if you've been listening or, um, you know, anything like that or, you know, uh, pimping out your, your, your blog, Floto or your show, Sean? Uh, go ahead, Floto. Uh, my blog, 
www.floaterspage.blogspot.com. Um, it's just a hectic mix of uh, my Green Lantern thoughts I do, as Chad's called out before, Construct of the Week on there, but not on the weekly basis. Um, if I have anything interesting to think about uh, what's going on in the Green Lantern titles at the moment, I throw it down there. Uh, I also join up with a blog crew four times a year to do Superblog team-up. Um, and yeah, please feel free to check it out. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's 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 good stuff. Uh, I know that uh, your blog and then uh, 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 Liquid Cross, the, he does the uh, Indigo Tribe page or, or whatever. Uh, th- that one and yours are the ones I read uh, because, you know, <laughs> Core Conjecture took a backseat for a little while. Mm. <laughs> Although it will be coming back. So... There is that. <laughs> Sean? Yeah, well, I do a Green Lantern podcast that's uh, set in the, uh, I guess, in the volume three of the Green Lantern series. Uh started with uh, the cover date of June 1990, the Gerard, jo- Gerard Jones run, and I'm working my way right now through the Judd Winnick era. I just uh, covered, uh, the, it's going to be released today, I think, issue 132, and we're moving into the uh, first story arc that uh, Judd Winnick is doing uh, I think the burning in Rome story where Kyle takes on, uh, Alex Nero, the crazy lunatic ring wielder. It's been fun. Uh, also, uh, I covered the Guy Gardner solo series of Guy Gardner and then Guy Gardner Warrior because Guy Gardner is my favorite lantern. And I always hear throughout the internet, aside from Green Lantern podcast, people just dumping all over Guy Gardner. And I had to do a show where I promoted some of the best works that they had out there for Guy Gardner. I think the Bo Smith run on Guy Gardner Warrior is some of my favorite comics out there. And yes, I may be in the minority, but I had to at least, you know, it, podcasting is free in general. And so I decided to just, you know, put it out there and see who bit. And there were a lot of people who said, you know, I, I always thought Guy Gardner was a jerk. But, you know, after I took a look at some of these stories and listened to your show, I, I kind of changed my mind. He's not that big a jerk. So. <laughs> <laughs> Guy Gardner rocks. <laughs> and he All certainly this- has become less and less of a jerk in over the e- over the years, regardless of uh, on the jerk scale. No matter how people viewed him back then, certainly as time has gone on, he's he's certainly not anywhere close to that character. As my, on the negative side, he's not anywhere close to that character as he used to be. Like yeah, he might have been a jerk, but he was our jerk. Yes. <laughs> you, mean, you mean you mean like it was in this uh, issue of Green Lantern we reviewed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was that that was cl- classic guy, if you will. But I I do I do prefer modern guy because I I was I wasn't a huge Guy Gardner fan either. Though during think during Guy Gardner Warrior, I kind of liked. I did kind of start liking him then, and during Kyle's run, I started liking him. But I certainly think the Take, taking that, that was a good first step, and then going from you know from the Johns era through now, I think, I think Guy Gardner is definitely one character that definitely has been quote unquote rehabilitated very nicely into someone who you, because like Chad and I mentioned, who would have ever, I don't think I ever would have thought in a million years that I'd be reading books about all four about four different Earth's Green Lanterns and the guy and the, literally the guy who whose book I like the best is Guy. I really came around to Guy when uh, when Emerald Warriors started up. That's that that in my mind was a good showcase of uh of of guy. 
you, you didn't get around to that because of the Jeff John stuff, right, Sean? Yeah, I, I, again, I've got that's another one that's sort of in my blind spot that I'll eventually have to take a look at because, yeah, a, a, a Green Lantern specific book that deals with Guy, yeah, that's that's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, Emerald Warriors was great. It was. It kind of it, it kind of yeah. went out with a, a whimper, I think. Well, I think um, it was. It fell to the you know New Fifty Two coming up yeah. so fast, didn't get a chance to pick up any steam. Yeah. All right, guys, thanks for show, showing up for the segment. That's awesome. Uh, I figured I figured the listeners would uh, want at least a little bit of Green Lantern talk, and I think with uh, two other Green Lantern aficionados on the on the show, uh, Lanternologists, if you were. Uh, <laughs> Can I leave you with one thing just to get it off my chest and share the horror? Uh-oh. On issue, issue 200, the very last page, every time I read it, and the Zamorans and the Guardians are going off to make Whoopi together in the other dimension, uh, that does leave me with a sick and queasy feeling in my stomach, and I just <laughs> want to make sure that everybody else has that too. <laughs> Especially these Zamorans that look, that look so human. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah they're going to be slapping uglies with the Guardians. <laughs> And I also have the feeling that the Guardians aren't wearing anything under their robes. <laughs> so that's all the more disturbing. I think our transition music uh, from this segment to the next one is going to be Let's Get It On. Or <laughs> <laughs> I, I touch myself. What are the two? Oh. Oh. And with that, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, guys. Take it easy, Thanks guys. for having me on. No problem Anytime. at all. Thanks. Later. And we're here for episode number 200. Woohoo! <laughs> Congratulations. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, two, 200. I don't know if I can say thank you. I mean, even though Mark and I are doing the show now, can, can I really take credit for, uh, let's see, 30 something episodes to, to reach 200? <laughs> oh, definitely. Take all the credit you can. <laughs> really? No doubt, man. Take it. Oh, man. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're just uh, getting everybody together to just talk comics and just kind of thank the listeners for, for doing everything, just like we've done in the past. So uh, you guys are our main Twitter people, the, the people that retweet and start conversations and pimp the podcast a whole lot. So we just wanted to get all our, our Twitter folk on for a, uh, on for an encore, uh, encore special edition segment here. So uh, what what are, you, what are you guys up to? I know that I know that uh, basically I don't think any of any of you maybe Scott Scott have you been on the show before? No, I haven't. Uh, I think you guys asked me a couple of years ago, but I couldn't make it. How dare you? Uh, um, but uh, this is the first time. So episode two hundred, it's a uh, it's an honor to be on this one. Actually, that's a great accomplishment. Awesome. Well, uh, we're, we're happy to have you, and I just wanted to give everybody a chance to kind of since you guys haven't been on the show before, kind of like talk about yourselves in a way i mean what you do whether it be because uh, i know some people out there do blogging or podcasting or just have websites or you know they you know take take an active interest in in you know a b or c so what what what, what... zero <laughs> well just just giving you guys a chance to, to 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 talk up yourselves a little bit uh andy you're from denmark right well i'm english but i'm living in denmark okay so I'm sort of like expatriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so uh, immersing myself in the culture, as it were. No, but um, yeah, I don't have any blogs or websites or anything like that. I'm just a fan, really, uh, a fan of a variety of different comics. But uh, Green Lantern is the one that uh, has me the most. And uh, going through all the various podcasts and so forth, finding out what was a uh, good podcast and what weren't so good podcasts. Of course, I came across Lantern Cast, and I think that's the best one out there. And not just for um, not just for Green Lantern, but for uh, if you compare it with many of the other podcasts, I think it's uh, I think it's good. Awesome. So that's what brought me to it. Yeah. What other podcasts do you listen to? Uh, I listen. I listen to the podcast of Oa. Um, which is okay, I think. Uh, I listen to some of the ones off the Two True Freaks feed. Uh, I listen to Two True Freaks. I listen to um, Comics uh, Comics Month uh, Monthly. Yeah, Comics Monthly Monday, where they take the the, the, the DC and the Marvel and the Independent. Uh, a couple of those. Awesome. Uh, but I, I have a, a one-hour commute each way to and from work, so I sort of uh, I like to load up the podcast, uh, the, the iPod with podcasts, and listen to those as I drive. <laughs> that's that's why we make our podcasts over an hour long, so you have to listen to only one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, Sean, what about you? I know you didn't say none of the you said none of the above, but what about what, you, what you're listening to? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same as Andy. I'm just a fan at catches up with everything through podcasts i listen to you guys i listen to uh comic geek speak 11 o'clock comics our fanboy uh it's all connected a few other things like that and phil i do it all man i uh i like the i like the podcast of oh it's pretty good but uh like andy said i mean it's it has its limitations too you know, and when you brought up this idea i was like yeah i wanted to be involved in one not just listen to one all the time you know what i mean yeah yeah, I, I mean, we read all the time. We read everything we read all the time. And it's like we want to get our voice out there and yourself heard. Right. Now, I mentioned to you earlier, I teach <clears throat> I teach high school kids. I'm in the St. Louis area. And I uh, teach high school kids a, a complete course on graphic novels as literature. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really a good course. And it's really, really going good this year. So if we keep continuing to do this, I'd love feedback from people. So, you know, give me what you got. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Scott, what about you? Uh, I'm up in Vancouver, uh, BC, and uh, I, I still call myself a newbie because I, I walked into my local comic shop here about three years ago called Hourglass in Port Moody, and uh, I just basically asked them, what, what do you recommend? Like, I haven't read a comic in, since I was a kid. And the guy uh, said, well, have you heard about the, the Jeff Johns read on Green Lantern? It's really good. Mm-hmm. So I picked it up. And uh, basically never looked back. So when I when I did get it, um, I went on iTunes and searched for a Greenlander podcast that were re- reviewing the issues, and I came across you guys. And I basically listened to every single episode, except for one, the Game of Thrones episode I haven't listened to, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> listened to every single episode and uh, followed along with you guys. Um, also, uh, when Dan was doing the Mosaic, I went back and picked up all the mosaic issues and read those. And then that, that really got me interested in reading the, the Kyle run. So you're talking about other uh, podcasts I'm listening to. Uh, Sean Engels, uh, just one of the guys, is excellent. So I'm following along with him also. So I follow you guys for the current stuff, and I follow Sean for all the Kyle run. And he's up to about issue 127 or 128 right now. Yeah, so he's got about 60 uh, more. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's excellent, that one. Yeah, I like Sean's show, and he, he gives us shout-outs a lot uh, every now and then. But I can't 
I can't bring myself to listen to it because I know we're going to be getting to that stuff first because I'm, I'm really anxious to listen to it. <laughs> but I don't want his opinions to be, you know, become my own, and I try and, you know, subconsciously pass him off. But, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I, I mean, we've uh, we've done all kinds of stuff. As a matter of fact, uh, we are doing a next episode that you guys will hear. But you, as this episode goes up, uh, uh, you'll, you'll have already heard it. Is the Emerald Twilight episode? That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah that's excellent. Yeah, so we're doing Emerald. Yeah, Emerald, Twi- Emerald Twilight, and then next episode, and you, I'll tell you, but you can't like go to Twitter and start telling people. Is uh, Damn. the episode <laughs> the episode after that the Green Lantern movie commentary? Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that'll be great. So that means you guys have to watch the movie <laughs> again. <laughs> oh man! But what about, you? You guys mentioned you're reading comics. Is everybody reading all four? Well, five Lantern titles now. Yeah. Doing them all. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a trade reader, okay. so I'm behind everybody. Okay, so what's what's the most recent trade that came out? Recent trade that came out, or the recent one I read? The the, the recent trade that came out as far as Green Lantern stuff. I think it's uh, volume four of New Guardians. Yeah, yeah, that's that's before or after Jeff uh, Jeff left the Green Lantern. Panel. After, after, okay. That's, way, that's, that's probably a ways after on that one. Yeah. All the volume fours is after he left. Okay. So if, if everybody – so, Sean, you're keeping up with everything in trade, but you are keeping up with everything. Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, New Guardians, Red Lanterns. Uh, I got into Red Lanterns. I'm going to get into Red Lanterns on volume four. Good call. You won't be disappointed, man. That's a great, great series. Yeah. It's really really good. It's, I'm, it's a shame that, uh, that Sewell yeah, is I'm, leaving. I'm, I've reading Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps. New Guardians. I'm going to start on Red Lanterns with Volume Four. I'm uh, going to read the two volumes of Laura Flees, and okay. I've read the one trade of Threshold. <laughs> <laughs> speak, right. Speaking of Threshold, Chad. <laughs> speaking of or not speaking of? I don't know. I got to talk Mark into it. He's he's adamantly against it. <laughs> but hey, you got to take the good <laughs> and bad, right? <laughs> Chad, should I just do, throw right? them in? Should I just throw them in the garbage? I've got them stacked on my desk here, and I don't know if I'm ever going to get to them. Should I just get rid of them? You can, them. You can stash them in some hidden place. They don't have to be constantly on your desk. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think it's going to come up super, super soon. But it is something because we've been doing so much other stuff lately. We might as well do a well. Let's just bitch kind of a review. <laughs> oh man. So so if if everybody's reading everything, I one one of the questions I had is I got to know. Do you guys actually like Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps, or do you feel the same way Mark and I do about it? And that this isn't this isn't like why do you like it if you do? It's it's more sincerely if you are liking it. Tell me why. I gotta know. We're gonna do this at a time. We'll do it one at a time. So yeah, you call mm. off. Well, no, no. I mean, I, you, you guys have been listening to the podcast. You know my opinion on it. So what about you, Phil? Um, I like. I think that the Green Lantern, the main Green Lantern series, was getting kind of drawn out i'm kind of waiting for the next big thing you know the godhead coming up is going to be fantastic but it's like this it seems like the end of this series is kind of just drawn out and falling in with this whole what is that thing that's going on not the forever evil the future's end Mm -hmm. you know and the last issue i don't know if everybody's read it or not but the last issue of green lantern Corps was probably my favorite issue i've read yet and i'm not even a john stewart fan (laughs) what is it was what, what issue number uh, the latest one, issue 34. 34? Is that... Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if everybody read it. I'm not going to give away anything. I'm not cool. I'm, I don't want to be like that. So 
Is it, has everybody read it yet? Or the, I'm sorry, the Green Lantern and the Future's End, issue number one? Oh, for Green Lantern Corps? Green Lantern no, Corps, yeah. I have, I've read the Green Lantern one. I haven't read the Green Lantern Corps one yet. Okay. I don't want to give it away, but I'm just going to say it was probably the best one shot I've seen in a while. Just And I don't even like John Stewart. I'm not a big John Stewart fan. Mm. But uh, it seemed like the Green Lantern series, I don't know, it, it's, it's coming to this final stretch where they're getting into this whole Godhead event. I was kind of getting drawn out with the whole Derlins thing and the whole civil war between them and whatever other alien race there was. I'm not even sure. No. I mean, I don't, it was just kind of getting bland for me. I like Blackest Night, right? Every issue was amazing. Right. So. Can I just jump in there about the, the Derlin thing that you mentioned? Go ahead, go ahead. I, I think the, the Derlin character, I think, is a bit weak because it's a villain that can shapeshift and it can turn into anything it wants. It's like, it's not really a great villain. Like, I find that kind of weak that anybody can be a Derlin. Right. It's not, true. and they dragged it on for about a year and it just, like you said, it was bland for me too. Cool. Anybody else? Well, like yeah, I, I mean, said, I'm, been, uh, oh, go, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, I've been reading them all. Uh, and I, I mean, my opinion is really that there's too many crossovers. And if they're going to have four books running, it would, from my point of view, be better if they had four good stories running rather than having these interminable crossovers. And you can see that the Derlin Kun thing possibly had to run up all the way up to August 2014 because then it was going to go into the, the, the future's end. So they had to stretch the stories out, and it's, it's like they were getting too thin. Yeah, I would agree. Did every, did, now, has everybody read the, the last future's end Green Lantern? The yes. one shot? Everybody I have. Right. Everybody yeah. has that? Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was okay. Um, I just think it's funny that DC just isn't learning uh, in terms of what's what's selling. I mean, I've I've gone on countless rants about it, but uh, as you guys well know, but <laughs> but I just think I think that I mean the two the well three now that Sinestro's out, the three Lantern books of the five that we hold in high esteem are Red Lanterns, New Guardians, and uh, and Sinestro, and all three of those take place in their own little world without crossing over for the most part with other titles. Right. But Green Lantern to Green Lantern Corps remain uh, <laughs> tied at the at the hip. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you guys on that one. Well, as I was about to say with the Green Lantern and uh, Green Lantern Corps titles, like I said, I'm behind on everybody because I'm, I'm reading collections. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gotten to any of the uh, stuff y'all not liking. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's it, you know, and it's not like don't don't let our opinions color color yours because I'm I, I'm I was just sincerely asking because. Uh, you know, we, 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 me and Mark have our own opinions, but we never really, you know, when we hear back from you guys, you guys normally seem to agree with us, but I haven't heard anybody disagree. So I just thought I'd, I'd, you know, open that, open that channel up and see if, uh, anybody had anything to say about disagreeing with us there. But it seems, it seems like, uh, majority rules here. <laughs> yeah. I think from my perspective, I think, uh, what you're saying is, reflects what I'm thinking because if you then compare your podcast with say the podcast of Oa where everything's just brilliant and wonderful and terrific it's it's <laughs> not so honest they don't they, they don't don't ever really dislike something you're right they don't they really don't <laughs> they don't ever trash talk it either you know what I mean it's like if you're going to trash talk something you might as well have a good legitimate reason to trash talk it yeah yeah, I don't. I don't think we've gotten to that point of. of I mean, we we'll trash talk something, but I don't think we've gotten to the point of just trash talking because ah, I don't like the character, so it doesn't matter how good the story was. I don't care. <laughs> we already got threshold out of the way, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't. I don't. 
I can't remember that review episode that me and Jim and Dan did a while back. I, I don't know how much of Threshold was even left to be covered. Oh, uh, uh, issue four through twelve. Oh God! You did uh, the core annual, and you did issues one, two, and three. Oh shit! (laughs) That that core annual was a really tough read. Yeah, the whole thing is a tough read. (laughs) Uh, We still have to do Larflees too, which is less bad. (laughs) Uh, Larflees was fun. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I to, okay. To be fair, I haven't read all of Larfleys yet. I've read maybe an issue or two, so maybe I should just keep my opinion to myself <laughs> because it's not founded on anything right now. <laughs> oh, it's one—it's one of those where you shouldn't just take it too seriously. I think. Yeah. Well, I am looking forward to Scott Collins' art. I always love Scott Collins stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't disappoint in that in that title. No, not at all. It's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So is anybody is anybody watching any of the, the the DC TV shows like Arrow or going to be watching Flash, Gotham, Constantine, or anything when it comes up? Sounds oh, yeah. like we have Constantine on our show right now. Yeah, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that guy to drop bollocks. I want to hear him say it. <laughs> is that Andy? Andy's from uh, Denmark. I'm English. Yeah, English. You need yeah. to drop the bollocks one time on an episode. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> bollocks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I don't buy it unless I hear you uh, sucking on a cigarette in the background. That's right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we got our resident Constantine on staff. <laughs> well, I've seen I've seen the Flash pilot, you know, through the means that I shouldn't have, but right. uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's really good. But I, I just posted a link on the, our Facebook page. Uh, apparently, at Fan Expo uh, Canada, uh, someone asked him, you know, Stephen Amell, who's the uh, main actor on Arrow. For those of you who don't know. Um, you know who would be cool to see on on uh, on Arrow, and he said, "Well, we've seen Ferris Aircraft a lot, so it would be pretty cool to see Green Lantern." And he's like, he said, "He said not that I have any inside information, unless I do." And they, <laughs> he's been he's been teasing Green Lantern for a long time, so I wonder if he's just you know getting rumors going because he likes to do that, or if they actually do have Green Lantern in the works. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but. Well, they need to. I mean, him and Green Arrow have always been close, close, uh, close in the comics. You know. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't yet. I'm surprised there hasn't been an allusion to Hal Jordan or something or other. Well, yeah, there's there's that, and plus, I mean, Hal's two greatest friends are Barry and Ollie, and they, pro- right? they probably haven't done it yet because they want to distance themselves from the Green Lantern movie. You think that <laughs> you think that's necessary though with TV? I mean, I'm not I'm not discounting your opinion. I'm just. It's, it's, do you think it's necess- as necessary with TV to discount to distance yourself from the Green Lantern movie? I mean, I could definitely see them dis- distancing themselves well, from the movie. And well, the at, movie the time, at the time, they never they never announced that uh, the TV universe and the movie universe were never connected. Right. So that's probably why they never did it. They were worried uh, people was going, "Well, who's this guy? He's not Ron Reynolds." Right. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. I think you're going to see Green Lantern because Jeff Johns is involved too. Well, I think a lot of those shows get filmed up here in Vancouver, and Jeff Johns was just up here recently. Do you think we're going to see GL, or do you think we're going to see Hal? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Hal. I don't think they can go big. They can go. They can't go big with Green Lantern right now, especially coming off the cusp of that movie, and then with the Justice League Dawn of Justice coming out. They're probably going to just introduce a character like Hal and then work him in Green Lantern type later, you know? Kind of like they're doing with Ray Palmer. 
right? You know, and then who else is supposed to be on that show? Brandon Routh, I heard, was supposed to be cast. Yeah, he's as to be cast Ray Palmer. Adam. Yeah, he's he's Ray Palmer. Oh, Adam. Ray Palmer, right? Yeah. So I think it's probably what they would do. They would benefit from doing it that way. Well, plus they got Firestorm coming. I mean, I, CG wise, I don't see why they couldn't do to do a Green Lantern as Green Lantern because I mean you've got Flash's speed effects. You've got whatever's going to be happening with Captain Cold, because we know he's on in on it uh, on the Flash show. We've got Heat Wave has been cast, so that's got to be happening somehow, special effects. Firestorm, it's kind of impossible to do Firestorm without some sort of special effects, because his power is transmuting things. True. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, given given the special effects budget of Flash versus <laughs> the special effects budget of Arrow, I mean, they've got to have some sort of a, a decent budget to do GL, and I think they, I think they could if they wanted to. It's just a matter of whether or not they... Because Arrow borrow... I mean, I still love Arrow, but if I had one complaint, is they borrow so heavily from Batman. Well, that... And it looks a lot like, you know... And it's like, it's got that whole Smallville effect to it, you know? And unfortunately, Smallville set... In my opinion, Smallville set the tone for that. It's much like Gotham coming out this year. It's going to have that whole Smallville feel to it. What do you mean by Smallville feel? I mean, I've, I've, I have all ten seasons of Smallville, so I, I'm pretty sure I'd understand what you're saying, but... It's like a target, it's like a target generation, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like they're targeting the more younger generation nowadays. That makes sense? Yeah. Which is not bad, because you're gonna gain more readers by doing so. I mean, even though the adults, like us, we read comic books all the time, there's a whole teenage genre out there that has yet to be tapped, and DC is really, really heavily getting into that this fall with their lineup. Mm. Supergirl, there was a Supergirl rumor that they're gonna start a Supergirl series. Teen Titans? And then Team uh, Titans. I think out. the I think the Supergirl rumor's been confirmed. Oh, see, I mean, come on, they're really, really, they're hammering it in. <laughs> and we still got, let's see, the other ones that uh, I Zombie is happening. Uh, Preacher. I haven't heard much of about that one. Well, I, I I looked it up the other day, and there was a recent article that le- that came out like a day or two ago. So they're still doing casting for it. So there's that. Uh, the uh, Preacher, which, I mean, you know, iZombie and Preacher, yes and no. I mean, Vertigo is still kind of DC. Um, and then uh, Our Man. I've heard, I heard, I heard stuff a while back about Our Man, but I haven't heard anything about it since. So maybe they're not doing it in favor of Constantine. I have no idea. I watched the pilot for Constantine. That, that's going to be a good series. I don't know if anybody else has seen it or heard it, but it's going to be a pretty good series. Mm-mm, I haven't seen it yet. I'll have to see if I can find it. I, I, I downloaded something of uh, of Gotham, but it was just kind of like a, a collection of behind-the-scenes looks at yeah. Gotham. So. Yeah, I did the same thing on mine. <clears throat> the, Constantine tri- the Constantine pilot's out there. I'm not going to tell you guys how to get it, obviously, but <laughs> it, it looks really, really good. I mean, it really has good promise, and he's one of my favorite characters, so I'll Sorry if I'm biased. <laughs> no, I'm just looking. I'm looking forward to Constantine mostly because of the supernatural side. Because right. um, they, I was flipping through previews, the most recent previews, and uh, they're, they're coming out with Gotham by Midnight, which is supposedly uh, focusing on, in on uh, Jim Corrigan. Yeah, that. there you go, Jim Corrigan. So the Spectre, and I was like, whoa! As long as they don't make this yet another Batman title, uh, I'm down. Right, right. So I'm excited to see things like the Spectre, or Dead Man, or Phantom Stranger, or something like this. On, <laughs> I would lose my mind if I saw the Phantom Stranger on on uh... the, the introduction of Ragman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Ragman. Do any of y'all read the blog? By the way, that, no, uh, no, 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 no pressure. No, but I'm not. I know Ragman is kind of a, a niche fan base, but. <laughs> 
Uh, and don't forget, to be honest, I don't read any blogs. Yeah, yeah. same here. <laughs> Del Toro is coming out with that Justice League Dark film. You know? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Blo- uh, look it up on the internet. It's uh, Guillermo Del Toro, whatever that guy that Guillermo, produced. Yeah. yeah, he's uh, producing the Justice League Dark film. You guys didn't know that? Well, I've, I heard of it, but I didn't know it was confirmed. Like, cause, uh, we know Donna Justice, uh, Donna of the Justice of the Future of the whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever the title of that movie is. Whatever was. it is. Uh, Donna of the Justice of the Future of the Justice League, of kind of backdoor Justice League movie, anyways. Uh, then we got, I think, Wonder Woman and Shazam confirmed. And Aquaman. Aquaman. That was Black Adam, that wasn't Shazam. Well, yeah, but if you're casting Black Adam. I mean, you gotta cast Shazam. Yeah, you're gonna do a Shazam thing, uh, and I, I highly doubt he'll be a, a the the villain in the first, either in Dawn of Justice or in, in the first Justice League movie. I mean, sure. they're they're gonna go they're gonna go big if they're gonna go Justice League, um, and uh, of course Justice League itself. But they, you know, all the rumored Flash, Flash and uh, GL team up and all that stuff. But I, I had heard of Dark a while ago. I think it was announced before they even announced the title of Dawn of Justice, but I hadn't heard anything since. So I don't, I don't, I didn't know if it fell off the radar or what. Is it not going to be one of these movies that comes out outside of the just the, the general DC universe? Uh, that's a good point. It may, it may very well be. It may not have a tie-in reference to it. It's a great title book. I mean, it, it, it needs to have a movie done about it. But, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm taking that one every month, and I think it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. It really is. I don't know if anybody else has read it, but it's it's really, it's really really good. I read yeah, the I'm first six or 12 issues of it, I think. I haven't read it since, though. It's changed it's really, a lot. Yeah, it has. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, apart from Constantine, I think the whole cast is different. Well, it's like a hodgepodge of attitudes put together just to fight something, and nobody gets along for shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like everybody hates each other, and yeah. everybody hates Constantine. The the writing got better once Jeff Lemire took over. Yeah, oh, that I would agree with. I did notice a difference in that, and you're right. That's a good point. Dead Dead Man still in it? Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. Oh, well, then there's a chance I'll I'll pick it up. <laughs> big role, big role in that too. He's, they really brought his character out a lot. What is everybody reading apart from the Lantern titles and Justice League Dark? Ooh. Uh, Earth Two. Oh, fantastic! Oh, yeah, real good. I think I th- see this. This is this is this Earth Two is an example of of where the uh, my opinion is obviously kind of skewed in, in terms of what I favor versus you know like because we're talking about the Durland thing going on too long. <laughs> well, in Earth Two, this whole dark side or apocalypse whatever thing has been going on almost I don't know. Yeah. A, a, okay. A long time. But it's but it's good, so I don't care. <laughs> but that, but that's going on in the background while they're introducing the characters and doing other things with them. Right, right. And also, it's going to tie into that big Godhead event coming up this fall. Right. Is yeah. is everybody liking Alan Scott over in there, or do you think he's kind oh, of a dick? Fantastic. No, he's okay. Yeah. Okay. He's not the same Alan Scott that we knew from the old days, but I mean, he's no. he's okay. That's what I want to say. I, total tangent, but I, I ever since I first saw uh, I, I, the idea crossed my mind, I've always I've now really been wanting a Golden Age Alan Scott movie. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's an he's an underutilized character too, and he really needed a spotlight. If if you guys, because I don't I don't know how many of you guys also follow us on Facebook, but I posted something there a while back about uh, the Green Lantern sleepers. Uh, a novel series that was made into graphic audio format. If you like Alan Scott, look up Green Lantern Sleepers. I saw that. I'm I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah. 
It's a, no- a novel series that Graphic Audio did well. And the, the, no- the novels sort of read dry, I think, especially the second one. But Graphic Audio just knocks everything out of it. You think a novel reads dry and then you listen to it in Graphic Audio format. So, I mean, heads and tails above anything else. So, I'm, I'm the same as Andy. I commute an hour each way to work and back, so I have a lot of time to listen. So I'm going to pick that up and give that a shot to you. Yeah, it's really good. Green Lantern Sleepers, it's uh, book one, book two, and book three. So what's, what, what else is everybody reading? So we got I, two. I actually don't read any other DC titles right now. I, I read some <laughs> trades, but uh, the only other thing I read is uh, Saga from uh, Image, from uh, Brian K. Vaughn. I've heard good things, and, and I read probably the first um, six or ten issues. Yeah, it's great. And the only other thing I read monthly is uh, Spider-Man, <laughs> going back to my childhood days. So I keep up to date on that one. I have never owned a Spider-Man title. Me neither. Really? <laughs> but I, I will be picking up Spider-Verse. As a matter of fact, I have uh, one of the Spider-Verse issues that already came out. That that intrigues me. And plus, uh, Copiel is doing the artwork for, for Amazing Spider-Man. And holy crap, I, I've loved his stuff ever since uh, JMS did Thor. What are you guys speaking of Thor? I'm not, I'm going to be I'm going to be the heads up on this one. I'm completely excited for the new female Thor. I don't know who else is, but I am. Yeah, I, I pre-ordered the first issue. Right. I'm I'm going to start reading Thor just because she's a female now. And that and that's strange for me because I have read no Marvel titles. Yeah, I don't either. I don't even own one. Uh, I. I... It looks interesting. The art looks the art looks good. I, I was worried uh, in the pre, in the preview images that they showed of her, not not that they because it recently came out with like like a page or two from from the actual issue. I'm talking right. the images before that came out. Right. Uh, I wasn't quite taken with the art, but now that I saw the panel layout and the way it looks, I like that. So I'll definitely you know check that out. Um, I picked up, I started picking up Amazing X Men with the first issue when that came out. And that's got Firestar in it and, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, Nightcrawlers back and all of that. That's really good. And um, I don't know if you guys heard the most recent episode or one before that. But, the, no, the most recent, I believe. Uh, I was talking about Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be going to the planet of the symbiotes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Venom. So, it's uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy going to the planet of Venom is with Venom because I think I – think, uh, What's his name? Flash Thompson is a part of the Guardians right now, I think. So that's cool. Marvel seems to be doing some pretty epic stuff, although I could do without their tedious crossovers too. Because it seems that's why I don't read Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> seems it seems every issue of Marvel previews I flip through has the next event. Like now it's Axis or whatever. It's like every every six months there's a new event. Yeah. I- I hope DC doesn't fall into that either, because if you've noticed, DC has been doing a lot of big events lately, mm-hmm. and I hope DC doesn't fall into that same format, because I, I miss the one-shots, man. I miss the alone titles, you know? Mm-hmm. I miss Hal Jordan being alone in his own little, you know, universe, but miss, now he's... I miss Hal Jordan being on Earth. <laughs> yeah, right? I miss kissing... What, uh, whatever Earth. happened to Cowgirl? Yeah. <laughs> Cowgirl. Jeez. <laughs> So, that's a mess in the past. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody else reading any other DC titles? I mean, I know Scott, you said you're not, and Sean, yeah, uh, you're keeping up in trade. Yeah, I'm. I'm reading a variety of Batman titles. I'm reading Aquaman, uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is awesome. Yeah, Wonder Woman, fantastic, no doubt. Uh, the Flash. 
I've read a good bit of DC. Yeah, Man- I liked Man of Paul's layouts on Flash when it first started coming out, but I don't think he's on the title anymore, right? No, he switched uh, to Detective. Yeah. Man of Paul's artwork was perfect, perfect for the Flash. I did his, uh, I did his, uh, the very first issue, the one where, uh, I don't know if you guys recall it, where Flash is breaking through that uh, center cover, mm-hmm. you know, Flash, the one shot, the one issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did Francis Manipal's tattoo, his Flash tattoo on my arm, because I liked his artwork. I like his portrayal of Flash. But he he has wonderful work, man. His stuff's really clean, too. Hmm. But I, I'm along them. I read the Flash, too. Aquaman, um, Constantine, you know, big big in Constantine. Wonder Woman, I can't wait for the new uh, David Finch, Meredith Finch team. You know, she's going to look great when she comes out. Yeah, Wonder Woman on keeping up with the trade, Batman and trade, uh, the Scott Snyder Batman, and I'll stick with that as long as Scott Snyder's on the title. Uh, not reading any other Batman titles because I think I don't want to support DC, you know, putting out too many, too many, uh, titles on one character. Um. And don't read X-Men. <laughs> well, I'm reading, I'm reading Amazing X-Men, but no other X-Men titles. So that's, hmm. that's, that's, that's the same thing. You know, one, one, one Batman title, one X-Men title. I'm sticking with one. And that, Amazing X-Men is making it difficult because they keep referencing other things and it seems like something has happened between each issue, but I refuse to pick it up. So. Yeah, there's been a lot of crossovers in the X-Universe. We were getting at one time X-Force and, uh, sorry, X-Factor and Wolverine and the X-Men. And there was always crossovers going on with the whole of the X-Universe there. But then they cancelled those two titles, so we stopped. Yeah. Anybody do Batman Eternal? No. No, sorry. I've heard good I'm things. I'm going to get the collection. Yeah, I'm going to get the collection too. It's pretty good. I'm not a huge Batman fan, but it's it's a pretty good comic. I, I like the art. Well, Batwoman Batwoman 35 is bringing Ragman back. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. But he's okay. So so it's not just Ragman. It's got Etrigan, and it's got um, uh, Clayface. And it's got uh, some other uh, character that hasn't been introduced yet. I don't think someone named Red Alice. So I mean, hey, if you like Etri- if you like the Demon, or if you like Clayface, I mean, that's in there too. It's an odd combo. Yeah, it's a team. No, so it's Batwoman and the Unknowns. I think is what they're called. It's like Suicide Squad Part Two. <laughs> Super Superboy and the Ravagers. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, man, I can't believe you can re- recollect that one. <laughs> Green Arrow and Age, all Ageist. <laughs> Superboy and the Ravagers. Has anybody picked up the new Suicide Squad? Is, what, do we, what do you guys think about that? Anybody? Uh, uh, I haven't picked up. I, I have, it's uh, Simone, right? Uh, Gail Simone. Did, I don't think she did the first issue. I think she's on... Uh, I don't know what she's on now. It's not Gail Simone's. The guy's name is Ryan or something like that. Ryan That's Roberts. Or, I don't think Gail Simone's doing Suicide Squad yet. She's on that uh, Sensation Comics, isn't she? That Wonder Woman title? Uh, I don't know. I think that's a rotation of writers. Yeah, I think, yeah, then you might be right about that. Let me I look know up. she's going to be doing the new Secret Six when that comes back. That's that, what I'm yeah, about. I heard too. That's what, yeah, that's going to be good, too. I constantly get Secret Six and Suicide Squad mixed up. Ugh. Yeah, it's going to be, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, since uh, this is the Twitter group, when what's it going to take to get Mark Marble on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the reason we're doing it, because it's, it's we, although we were able to get all of you guys on at the same time, and one of you's in Canada, the other one's in uh, Denmark, but uh, and, and the rest in between. Uh, but, uh, 
it's it's so hard to, to schedule time with 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 all of us that I figured okay I'll take Twitter since I'm the one that runs Twitter for the most part. That's right, I run Twitter, all of Twitter, not just our Twitter page. <laughs> uh, it's yours, have it. <laughs> but uh, uh, and and so we figured I'll take I'll take Twitter. Mark will take some Facebook people, and we'll you know knock out a couple of of uh, of segments and you know put them all together for episode 200 because. Uh, 198, you know, the, the commentary track has already been recorded. So we got one more episode until 200 as far as recording time. So kind of, kind of back against the wall. So the more we split it up, the better. But I don't know. I don't think, uh, I don't think Mark is going to appear on Twitter anytime soon. I, I mean, it, I might be able to talk him into actually posting on the Lantern Cast Twitter rather than me doing it all the time. But I don't think we'll get Mark on his own Twitter account. <laughs> Another thing, uh, sorry. Another thing you guys should do more is uh, make fun of uh, Jim and Dan because they really took a lot of shots at, at you uh, back when you were the co-host with them, and uh, now's your opportunity to get some revenge. You need to do it a bit more often. You know what I should have done is kept all of the uh, audio from when we were recording the raw stuff, and you know just you know didn't tell anybody. Let James do all the editing when he was doing the editing, and then you know after they left, just. <laughs> compiled all the stuff that, that James edited out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what issue we haven't really talked about is New Guardians. Nobody's really commented on New Guardians. Anybody like it? I love it. I think it's excellent. I think it's the best one. I think I think Just, Justin Jordan is really uh, pumping out some great issues there, kind of standalone issues, and, and they're pretty creepy, too. I think, the recent arc. I think it's taken a decline, but not like a substantial, like, I'm, I'm worried decline. I think I'm slightly less interested in it than I was before. But it is doing something I like. It's not going with super long arcs. I think the Scion thing was only, what, three issues? So, I mean, it's, it's, I think, I think it's doing good as far as format. The art is a little, you know, a little odd. It's, it's not, I don't love it. But I can't find a substantial reason to criticize it too much. Um, it's just maybe not my thing, rather. But I mean, it's 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 good. It's better. It's better than Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps, in my opinion. I, w- yeah. I wish I wish they'd get rid of Kyle Rayner's uh, eye mask. Um, <laughs> that thing bothers me. <laughs> okay, I don't know what it is. It's really bothering me, though. It looks terrible. His welding visor. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, come on, dude, get get something else. You're an artist. Can't you think of something more? Ergonomic? I don't know. I mean, it, it just looks bulky, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think though that what they really need to do is sort out the Kyle Carroll thing. Yeah, yeah, they're going to come to some sort of conclusion on that, and then move on. Because I mean, the stories are really good, and I think it's good that they're not working in the same part of the universe as the rest of them. And as you say, it's it's, it's short arcs as well, which is also good. I think. I, th- I honestly think that Carol is upset by not, not having Hal in her life anymore, and uh, the, the Star Sapphire ring took over. Mm. And, and what she's feeling for Kyle is kind of, kind of like the relationship denial people go through, but Star Sapphire amped. You know, she's yeah, okay. She's 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 rebounding Star Sapphire style. <laughs> The, the funny thing about it, though, is anybody's ever noticed this or not, is in all the titles, so you got John Stewart, you got Kyle Rayner, you got Hal Jordan. All three of them guys are terrible at relationships. <laughs> I mean, think about it. None of them has done well in that department. 
I mean, in that one shot that just came out, there's an allusion to John Stewart. I'm not going to give it away, but I mean, and then think about Kyle Rayner. What his last girlfriend was stuffed in an icebox. You know, <laughs> ever since then, he's never been the same. <laughs> it wasn't really his fault, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like it wasn't or... John Stewart's fault that Cat Matui got killed by Carol Ferris at one point. Yeah, that was in the first issue of Action Comics Weekly. Yes. Wait, where, do you, where do you guys read the Future's End one? It's uh, it's it's pretty. You, if you think you if you like John Stewart, you'll like this issue. Yeah. But uh, well, I felt bad for John Stewart in the previous issue because he he just he always gets the short end of the stick. It seems like. Yeah. Well, we don't want to spoil too much for Sean. Don't spoil the. the oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it'll probably be years before I get to it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm I'm a slow reader. <laughs> It's all right. You're still reading. That's all that counts. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to say, I'm a big Guy Gardner fan, and I think it's great. Yeah, same here. Red Lanterns. He's come a long way. I, I haven't liked Guy Gardner this much since Emerald Warriors. Yeah. Talk about relationships. He ain't going to get a relationship as, as he's a Red Lantern. <laughs> well, he's tried it on with Ice again, but uh, no, no go so far. Ice was a man, though. What? <laughs> <laughs> In that issue. <laughs> okay yeah come on <laughs> she did not look all uh that alluring in that issue no yeah, that's true that's true but some of the art's been a bit flaky anyway yeah. i like the way in uh, in uh, green lantern corn number 34 they managed to make john stewart look like the hulk <laughs> <laughs> i think about page five or something like that i can't remember straight off the top of my head but you look oh, at that if he comes out yeah. the bushes looking like the hulk i know what you're talking about i, I thought the same thing you said that was issue 34? Yeah. I'm going to look this up, and I'm going to flash Green Lantern Core. You got it on an iPad or something? I can see yeah, that. I'm going to flash it on the screen. <laughs> you said page five? Uh, somewhere around there. It's early on. Let's see here. Now, there's one where he's got his bandaged nose. Now, he's emerging out of some bushes or something. Okay, hold on. Let me see. Yeah, for those of you listening at home, Phil's the only one on video, so we're... <laughs> there he is. <laughs> The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> awesome. If you guys are fans of Guy Gardner, you should read the Warrior series back in the 90s. It's, uh, it's yeah, I've got all of that. I'm, try, I'm trying to get all those issues. I have a substantial amount of them, but I don't... Like, issue one through six I'm missing, so there's no point in me starting <laughs> to read it if I don't have the first few issues. Well, Bo, Bo Smith takes over and uh, just does a fantastic job with Guy. Probably the best Guy Gardner out there. Was that his yeah. run? And it gets better and better towards the end of the series because they knew it was going to get cancelled and they could do anything they wanted. It's just yeah. awesome. I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing Guy Gardner being back and being at the helm of the Green Lantern Corps again. I mean, I know he's really, really good in Red Lanterns. Don't get me wrong, but if he ever is a cross back over to the Green, I'd like to see him bleed the Corps. You know, he needs that role. I don't yeah. like. I don't like. I'm not sure I like how Jordan running the running the core. He just doesn't seem like he's doing a very good job of it. I want, like he, he doesn't need it. I want I want Hal on Earth. I want right. I want John Stewart to take over Kilowog's role as a as as instructor of the core. That wouldn't be bad. I want Guy on Oa, like you said, and I want Kyle to still do his cosmic thing. What about Simon? Dead. Kill him. <laughs> Simon. Um, <laughs> Simon. Simon can be. Uh, I guess he can be Hal's sector partner. I mean, why not? Right. Well, who who here is from Canada? He can go up to Canada with the United League. How's that? Yeah, that sounds good. There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't know. We might not accept him up here. He's got to cross the border first. <laughs> Legally. Oh wow. Um. 
don't know about the rest of you guys, but I think DC needs a, a cosmic book that uh focuses on other characters in space. You're probably gonna see that with the new gods coming. So so what you, what we want is we want to bring back rebels. Kind of kind of pretty much. <clears throat> Rebel. Well, they, what, they need, what they need to do is when this Godhead event comes up, they need to do spinoffs with the new gods again. I mean, when's it's been a while since we've seen the new gods. Yeah. You know? well, we got Infinity Man and the Forever People right now. Written by Dan Deal. <laughs> has anybody read it? I, I was going to try read the I read the first issue, but I can't get into it because I don't care for the uh, the art. Yeah, I'm, see, I'm, that's, what, that's how it is with a lot of stuff, man. People just anything, don't... anything that's related to Kirby, they do the Kirby style art, and I can never get into his art, art style. How long have you been reading comics, Sean? Oh, it's not that long. Uh, maybe nine, ten years. Yeah, there's I, the way I've heard it is there are phases. You know, people when they first start reading comics, whether it be a long time ago when they, you know, were growing up or when they were little, or whether it be when they start soon, is there's a phase where you start to get Kirby. And you start to like it. That's what I've heard, but it's not. I mean, you know, uh, artists, artists, subjective. So it's not. It's not a universal trend. But I have heard people who don't like Kirby eventually come to a point where they're like, you know what, Kirby actually, yeah, I get Kirby now, and they they start they start liking his stuff. But I mean, you know, every, to each his own. Yeah, I find the art is a little too busy for me. Kirby's art's complex, man. There's no doubt. It's been a while since I've read some of his stuff. To be honest with you. Yeah. I'm trying to sell some stuff on eBay right now of uh, those Fireside Marvel stuff. So uh, Origins of Marvel Comics, Son of Origins, uh, Bring on the Bad Guys, the Superwomen of the of the uh, Marvel Universe, Superhero Battles, all that stuff by Je- uh, Stan Lee. I'm trying to sell all that stuff because I mean I love I love Marvel, but uh, not enough to read all of this. <laughs> Last thing I read on Marvel was uh. Ultimate Spider-Man, The Death of uh, Peter Parker. And I dropped the title after that. <laughs> well, at least you came over to the good side then. <laughs> Us DC fans. So, uh, changing, changing gears a little bit, episode 200. I hate to toot my own horn here, but let, what episode have you guys, have you guys enjoyed the most uh, in all of our 200? Not just me and Mark. Hmm. Fa- favorite episode or top five favorite episodes or favorite moments? I mean, what, 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 what have you guys I really, don't, I really don't keep track of stuff like that. I just listen. That's it. I, I could actually, I could tell you right off the top of my head which one's the best. It's the the gym drunk episode. <laughs> oh and, yeah, I uh, remember that one. I was actually going to do that myself this morning, but it was a little too early. Eleven o'clock a.m. in Vancouver, and I was gonna, I was gonna drink some vodka before we, I came on, but just couldn't do it. <laughs> just, just to honor uh, Jim. <laughs> Mister Terrific's a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back and listen to it again. It's been a while. I listened to it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the uh, the April Fool's one was good. The most recent this year. one? Yeah. Any particular segment of it or just, just enjoy it? Uh, I don't know. It's the, 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 the talk about Alan Scott again. I thought that was quite good. When he was talking about the Alan Scott movie. Oh, yeah. It was going into production. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's still my that's still my dream. <laughs> Uh, I've actually got, I got another one for you guys. So when you guys reviewed Collateral Damage. Oh, God, don't that, say its name. That was absolutely hilarious. Jesus. <laughs> Some of the best episodes are when you're reviewing issues that you don't like. Uh, like that's all I'm waiting for Threshold. Oh, God, I knew someone was going to say Exactly. Threshold. We'll do it. Uh, I liked your piggyback episode on Sinestro. You did 190 and 191. Yeah. 
So you kind of did the Sinestro thing, and then you did the Core War, which Sinestro Core War was amazing. I mean, the art, what took place was fantastic, you know. But that was back in the heyday when Green Lantern was huge, right? When Jeff Johns came on board and took over the helm and brought Green Lantern into this new light. No pun intended. But I like those two episodes. I'm a, I'm a, I like Sinestro. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge Sinestro fan. I think he deserves some spotlight, mm-hmm. and I'm glad he's getting it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and my, for myself, anything that where Denny O'Neill appeared. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Really, really love that. I know I know. Andy's a big fan of the GLGA show. Yeah, yeah. I, I, where is it now? Where, where? You, you promise <laughs> yeah, exactly. a new episode that it doesn't what you, happen. What do you mean, where is it? What was the last time I promised an absolute new episode? I can't remember. See, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, no, it's, 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 okay, so between, now that Jim and Dan are gone, this is partly my own fault. I haven't taught Mark how to edit episodes on Audacity, and I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I think. I think he knows how to post to the. To, he knows how to post to the website, obviously, because of the reviews. But I don't think he knows how to do the the actual um, the the notepad because we have we have we have code to you know get it to post to iTunes and everything. And I haven't taught him how to do that either. So right now I'm doing all the editing. That's my own fault though because I haven't bothered to teach Mark how to do it. Um, but so, and plus my internet here at this place I live at right now is awful. Um, and, uh, it keeps cutting out. So it keeps cutting into our recording. So we'll, in every episode now, you guys don't hear it, but every single episode, let's say we're set to record at nine, we get on Skype at at eight 30 and let it run for half an hour to see if it's going to maintain a connection. (laughs) That's how bad my internet is. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So between 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 uh, the editing res- and posting responsibilities and recording, and then of course I have uh, at least the Ragman blog that I want to keep up with. Is, you know, every other one I have can all fall by the way- wayside as long as Ragman stays stays up. Uh, and then my responsibilities at work. I mean, you know, I've 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 got a lot of, of of time booked up, but you know, it's it's just me when I do uh, when I do that stuff, and I try to make every episode good. But next episode of Green Lantern Green Arrow is finally. Going to cover Green Lantern, Green Arrow number seventy six. So, Whoa. so Excellent. I'm looking forward to that for sure. No, no, no more, no more uh, dilly dallying. And uh, I, someone asked me about it the other day. I don't know if it was one of you guys, but someone asked me about it the other day, and I said we will get another episode. Um, I think within within 10, 10 to fifteen episodes, as far as episodes okay. that will be posting. And I don't, I don't mean ten to fifteen Green Lantern, Green Arrow episodes, but ten to fifteen uh, postings. It'll it'll be it'll be up because there's no there's no more I can do as far as setting up uh, the history of the comics uh, the comics code or the comics industry or everything and I've already got Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams on so that's already good. Yeah, speaking of chat, you do you do a great job with the interviews and getting those guys and also the ones that you get from like Wizard World Austin. You do a great job with those. Thank you. Unfortunately, I will not be doing that this year. Um, uh, Wizard World Austin is uh, in October this year, and for whatever crazy reason, rather than it being a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which is weird. Uh, that is weird. And the, it's the week before my dad gets married in Puerto Rico. So <laughs> as far as far as taking the time off from work, I can't do two weeks in a row. And you know, father's wedding trumps interviews at Wizard World. And the only the, right. the only person at Wizard World that's going to be there. 
that I haven't had on the show before, and even this is tenuous because he always cancels, uh, is Ethan Van Skyver. So, yeah, so, it, it, you know, it's, 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 you know, one person, not really worth it, but, uh, you know, it's, at the same time, it's Van Skyver, so. <laughs> right. Just don't let him play his music. <laughs> or, <laughs> or talk about his political opinions. Uh, <laughs> well, I tune that out. It's a music I can't stand. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So, so, so no, no Wizard World Austin this year. But I'm thinking of you know because Mark and I haven't done an interview yet. So, uh, I mean, I've I've done Wizard World Austin and and the uh, Green Lantern Green Arrow episode three uh, or two. I can't remember which one that was. I think it was two. Um, but we together haven't done an interview. So I think I might just set up an interview in place of Wizard World Austin so that we have an interview. So that'll be good. <clears throat> but a lot of the creators on on Twitter are pretty uh, responsive. So you can probably get like I send them tweets once in a while, and a lot of them usually get back to me, which is kind of cool. It would be nice to have Sewell on when he figures when he finishes up his uh, Red Lantern run. Uh, yeah. that's an idea. Um, I don't know if we should have <laughs> if we should have I, Van. I've been meaning to ask why y'all pronounce his last name like that. Sewell. Like, well, yeah, isn't it Sewell? I don't know. I've heard it. I've heard it pronounced uh, Sewell before because I Comic Geek speak. You're the only guys I hear pronounce it that way. Hmm. Well, the is that a, is that, a, is that a Texas thing? No, I think it's. <laughs> I think every it's time a, I hear y'all say it, I'm no, thinking sorry. of Ghostbusters. I think it's a Lantern Cast thing. <laughs> we, we can't we can't pronounce anything for shit. <laughs> Ivan Rice. <Yeah. laughs> but that one I can understand because of the spelling. <laughs> Ivan Rice. I'm trying to get. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. You, uh, everybody's heard of Colin Bunn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the St. Louis area, and he resides here in St. Louis. I'm actually uh, in contact with him. He's going to come and visit my class one day. Oh wow! Oh, that's yeah. cool. We're trying to get him to come visit my uh, my senior class. So that'd be fun. I like his stuff. I like his work too. Yeah, yeah he's excellent. Six Six Gun was really good. Oh, Six Gun's amazing. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, uh, so rather than keep you guys too 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 much longer, because we've been going a little while now. Uh, anything else we want to get out there? Like you know, uh, favorite moments, uh, suggestions, comments, whatever it be. Because yeah, we're gonna we're, this episode yeah. is gonna be super long, so uh, it's gonna take some of you several commutes to, to listen yeah. to. <laughs> I, I'm, I glad, wanted... I'm, I'm glad you did this because I haven't been on a podcast in about a, in over a year. <laughs> <laughs> I think all my um... podcast friends don't like me no more. What'd you do? <laughs> What'd you do? I don't know. Yeah. Did, did you did you insult how they pronounce people's names? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, my last name is Bova. B O V A. It's not too hard. But feel free to trash it. Everybody does. <laughs> my last name is Bokelman. <laughs> go have fun with that one. <laughs> uh, uh, if I can jump in there, I just wanted to congratulate you guys for uh, doing a great job since taking over because. Uh, the Lantern yes. cast could have died with uh, Jim and Dan there, and, and you guys really stepped up, and you're doing a fantastic job with it. So keep it up. Awesome. Yeah, Jim was killing the show. <laughs> <laughs> I say it every day. <laughs> Is anybody listening to their to, to their new podcast, the Sliders cast? I tried it, but I've not read any to Sliders. Yeah, me neither. I've got a Sliders novel, but I haven't read that either. <clears throat> Uh, I think it was a good but idea it, to add the uh, the feedback from people on the Twitter and Facebook and emails at the end of the show. That's good stuff. 
You know what? You know. You know what would be awesome about that is if you guys actually, you know, took advantage of that more. <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I had I had tweeted you a while back. I don't know if you ever got it. I said, uh, "Muck Muck" sounds like a Pokemon name. Muck <laughs> <laughs> Muck Muck Muck. <laughs> you know, I just want to say this for everybody that's on here, and you know, for when you put this and post this online, you know, DC DC is coming. You know, everybody's been ranting and raving about Marvel for the past how many years? You wait. DC, man, the next year, you're going to start seeing some shit happen. You know what I mean? This fall alone, if it's any consolation, is going to add up to a, a hell of a stuff that's going to come out from DC. Just And not just in the movies, in their comics, too. Yeah. You know, I, I think we're on the cusp of something big. Yeah, I just don't know if it's for me, though. That's the problem. I mean, everything. It's got to be new, though. It can't be anything related to Marvel. It's got, they're, they're going to have to do a new approach. And I think that people will be ready for it when they come out with this Dawn of Justice. I think people are, people are ready for something different than Marvel. Yeah, they're, they're live action stuff. Yeah, I just, I'm talking their comics in particular. Comics, they need to expand more. You know, they need to bring back some old characters that are lost. Like, yeah, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for a, a new 52 take on Warlord. Yeah, something like that. New gods. I think they should come out with some new god stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is part of this is part of a universe that was pre fifty two that they just disregarded, and you can see that they're starting to work these 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 characters in later on. You know. Mm-hmm. But that's just you know. I think that's what they should do. They should go back and bring out some of these old characters. I'm I'm upset they're getting rid of Jonah Hex. So. Right. Yeah. You'll find some way to bring him back. Yeah, they always do. It's like the axiom of the comic book world. They're never gone. <laughs> They'll probably bring out a Jonah Hex title. <laughs> Jonah Hex in space. There you go. <laughs> Jonah Hex versus aliens. There he is. <laughs> versus the new gods. <laughs> uh, Jonah Hex meets the Le- Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> uh, that's what they need to bring back is Legion. Oh, no, thank No, 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 no. What? I do not like the Legion of Superheroes. Do you not like the Legion of Superheroes, or do you not like the people who've been writing Legion of Superheroes? Because there is both. <laughs> God, I do not care for the characters. Okay, Shadow Last, Dream Girl, and Dawnstar are hot. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think my problem with this is they always try to connect it so strongly to Superman. Well, yeah, but I think that's because of his his Superboy's history with uh, with the Legion when they went back to meet their I- idol. Yeah, that's the problem I have. I can understand them being influenced by all the actions he had in the past, but going back and meeting him is where I, I, I can't stand. I don't like the I don't like the interaction between the uh, characters. I don't think they'll bring that title back as a mainstream title anymore. I don't think it's got enough popularity to it. Uh, you never know, right? Well, I mean, uh, for a long time, Legion used to be one of the top selling titles. I think around the time that uh, Firestorm was uh, in the eighties, when Firestorm came back. And had his long-running series. That was the same '80s that brought forth uh, Superboy and the Raver, the Raver, or whatever, wasn't it? No, that was Ravagers. the '90s. Was it Ravagers or Ravers? I think it was. Ra- was I, I said Ravagers earlier, but was it Ravers? I mean, it might have been Ravers. Yeah, I think it was the Ravers. Yeah, so, what, what the? Or was it the Reavers? Okay, that was the '90s. Then I remember that. What, what the hell is the Ravagers? What What was I thinking of? That's a new Fifty Two title. <laughs> Let's see. I, Simon Paz and the Ravagers. I, I found a. I found a. Uh, okay, it's Superboy and the Ravers because I found it in the back issue bin the other day and posted it on Instagram. Yeah, it's Superboy and the Ravers. Gross. Oh man, Andrew, how about you, man? 
Uh, what can I say? I, I, I like the fact I've sent you an email uh, a little while ago, which basically said that I like the fact that you were putting out the episodes more frequently. They were dropping every Thursday, which was good. I like that. And I think, I think that the, the fact that you've caught up is also great, except that now I'm a little bit behindhand because um, the way that comics deliver here in Denmark is they deliver to my local comic shop a week after they've been released in the US. And then I have them delivered once a month. So I'm sort of like six weeks behind. So you're actually ahead of me. <laughs> but I mean, otherwise, I think I think you're doing a great job. And, you know, the, the, the comments about um, the Green Lantern, Green Arrow thing aside, you know, I appreciate that you do this out your own free time and that it's a voluntary thing that you do and that, you know, you only have as much time as you have. And I think you're doing a terrific job. Well, thank you. Yeah, I uh, I work in a in a, you know, a dealership teaching people how to use touchscreen stuff, and you know that that job requires people to sell cars first. So when people aren't selling cars in a given day, that's when I take the raw audio of the uh, the podcast, put it on a flash drive, and bring it to work where I installed Audacity on my work computer. Mm-hmm. So usually the episodes are being edited at work. <laughs> so. So there's that, but uh, yeah, I appreciate that. That's that's awesome, um, and you know, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we get more feedback, not just from you guys, but you know, voicemails and emails uh, in particular, because I, I love I love uh, reading you guys and stuff from from Facebook and, and of course with you guys Twitter, but you know, eventually, you know, the more people realize we're reading feedback almost every episode, the more feedback we will get, and. Something's got to phase out, and it'll be just shout-outs to Twitter and Twitter and Facebook, because we'll have like ten emails in one episode. Uh, you know, dream big. But <laughs> but uh, but we really do appreciate it. We wanted to, wanted to make sure we had you guys on to to thank you for everything you've been doing for us over there. Um, we're actually going to <laughs> kind of have a, a contest pretty soon, uh, which will be announced in, in in this episode. But at the end of this episode, you guys will have to wait to hear it with everybody else. Um, but the, the prize is, uh, the Green Lantern Rebirth set with a, with a trade uh, paperback and the two Green Lantern figures of, uh, Hal Jordan and Sinestro, uh, as well as, and I just got this the other day, a, uh, soft cover copy of, uh, Green Lantern Heroes Quest by Denny O'Neill, the novel, and, uh, a set of, uh, plastic lantern rings. Uh, so <laughs> if you haven't, if you didn't get those during Blackest Night, you'll have those as well. Um, but yeah, so I know Lantern Cast and Contest are are not really synonymous <laughs> historically, but give us a chance. You gave me a market chance to take over the show. Give us a chance to deliver on contests. <laughs> if you actually get the packages shipped out, you're doing good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the, the I think I think unfortunately it'll be U.S. and Canada, Andy. Okay. Sorry. I mean, you, you know about shipping to across the sea, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is as well, it's not only when you ship it. If it's above a certain value, then I have to pay tax on it here as well. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. Uh, I, I've been buying comics from all over the place. You know, I go to comic book stores. There's not a lot here in Denmark. Uh, whenever I go to the UK, I try and find something. But um, I've also been buying from my comic shop in uh, in the U.S., one of your local stores, I guess, because uh, they're in Texas. And um, what's the store yeah, I have called? To keep, yeah, I have to keep the the, the 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 amount to buy down to about twenty dollars because any more than that, I start to get taxed on it. Wow! Here, when it arrives, what what guy, what store in uh, Texas? Uh, my my comic shop dot com. Oh, 
No, I don't. I don't, uh, I don't know where that's. I at. think. Uh, what I are think they called? They're called Lone Star Comics. Yes, I was about to say that. Hmm. But if you look for them on the internet, it's mycomicshop.com. They're they're really good because they have almost anything. The prices aren't always great, but they, 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 the the stock is brilliant. What were you saying, Phil? There's a guy I follow on Twitter, and I could have swore he told me he his comic book store was in uh, Great Britain. Would that be any better for you to get it from, or what? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's at it's at Inter Comics, I think. I N T E R Comics. Inter Comics. I'll have a look at that. Yeah, check out his his Twitter feed. Let me see if I'm going to bring it up real quick to see make sure that's who I'm talking about. But I I usually keep it. Yeah, it's at Inter Comics. I N T E R Comics. I think he's based out of Great Britain, man, so it might be a little bit easier okay. for you to get your stuff from him. Yeah, anything within the EU doesn't cost. If it comes from outside the EU, then we pay tax on it. Well, give him a shout-out on Twitter and just put my name on there that I referred you. You know, he'll, yeah, he okay. knows who I am. So. All righty. Well, that's going to do it for this particular segment. So any any last thoughts, last words, guys? Well, last words, you're going to die. <laughs> Keep the rings charged. Ring capacity. Keep up the great work. <laughs> Keep up the good work, man. This is yeah. fun. I had a blast. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, and uh, so we'll, we'll talk to you guys on Twitter then. All right. Sounds good. Sounds great. Yep. Okay. Bye, fellas. Bye, guys. This is Daryl Banks, and I'm calling in regards to the Lantern Cast, the, the great podcast put on by Chad Bokelman and Mark Marble. I've been a guest a couple times, and I've really enjoyed it. It's really great to see. Uh, some people that are really fans of the Green Lantern franchise, so to speak. Uh, the Green Lantern comic book character has seen many great creators, and I'm glad to see that it's still popular to this day. And uh, thanks to the Lantern cast, the, the, the eternal green flame continues to burn. And uh, once again, I say, you know, continue with the good work, guys, and uh, hope to be on the show again at some point. So now we're going to turn our attention to... The legendary Corwin Crawl. How are you, Corwin? I'm good. I'm good. How you? How you been? What, what you been up to? Uh, kids in school and work. So full day. You know, up at seven. Don't get home till about eleven. Oh, you're a good man. <laughs> a really good. Man. That's a tough schedule to deal with. It really is. Oh yeah. So as a long time member of the Lantern Cast family here, what books are you reading these days? Well, I'm part of like three podcasts, so I'm reading pretty much all the X-Men books, all the Avengers books, uh, all the Deadpool books, uh, the Green Lantern books, Snyder's Batman, and a few other indie stuff. Um, a lot of image stuff, actually. You know, Lazarus, Saga, East of West, and there's one other book I can't think of right now that I'm really enjoying as well. Well, cons- considering everything you're reading, it makes sense that you couldn't remember one book. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, that's a pretty expansive reading list, especially considering your schedule. When do you sleep, man? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's it's tough, and you know the school thing has only been about two weeks now, and I've got like six weeks to go. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's just making it through these next couple weeks. <laughs> so are you happy about? How do you feel about the Deadpool movie announcement then? Oh, I'm ecstatic, and <laughs> funniest part is the release date is my kid's ninth, ber- ninth birthday. Nice. So it's on his birthday, so yeah. So if there's ever going to be a comic movie that Ryan Reynolds does not is not considered the death of or, or the, the albatross of, it's going to be Deadpool. <laughs> we certainly hope he – we know personality-wise he 
he should be able to pull that off. So, oh, most definitely. And obviously, people like the footage, or else I'm sure they wouldn't have finally green green lit the movie after it's been floating out there for a gazillion years now. Yeah, and that's just the test footage. On top of that, it's just like a CGI test footage right. they did. It's not even live action like it's going to be. So, but yeah, it's, it's I'm surprised to hear they kind of bumped Fantastic Four. I think it was like a month though, but but that had to do with that had to do more with the uh, what Assassin's Creed. The problem, ah, yeah, that was that was more of the Assassin's Creed issue, I think. It had nothing. I know the headlines are misleading. I saw the same thing, and I thought, oh, they bumped it. It's like, what does that mean? The Fantastic Four isn't coming out for another year? <laughs> it's like, no. It, it had. It just had to do. I think they moved it into the Assassin's Creed schedule since they know there's no way if they ever do end up making that movie that it was ever going to meet that date deadline. So, yeah. So you said you're reading. You are. Or uh, you are reading all the Green Lantern books. You said right. Yes, I am a bit behind, though. I'm probably about, uh, what is it, two to three months behind or so. So which books do you like the best? I'm loving Sinestro, of course. And we just had that big reveal, I think, in issue five. I'm up to date with that one. But out of the core Lantern books, um, Red Lanterns have kind of come around for me, I've got to say. Yeah, we certainly agree with that. (laughs) Yeah, Red Lanterns has come around. Um Regular Lantern book is cool. I think I'm liking that more than I'm liking Core. And New Guardians is just kind of up and down for me depending on what story arc. Some I definitely like more than others. I would tend to agree at this point. I mean, I know, I know, I know Chad. Right, Chad? I know Chad tends to, uh, he likes New Guardians, I think, a little bit more than I do right now. I know I did. In the beginning, New Guardians probably was my favorite. Red Lanterns was number two. Now, Red, you know, Red Lanterns and Sinestro are, are my favorite. New Guardians is kind of the, the middle. Then we kind of work our way back to Core, which I think is the hardest book to read. Yeah, it, it can it can be. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. So what so what do you like about? I mean, obviously we know why you like Sinestro since that's your boy. But what what makes you like Red Lanterns? You think, or what is it about the book that's Oh, they finally – well, Guy is, of course, my second Lantern, which it does help. But they've actually took the Red Lanterns and made real characters out of them. It's not just, you know, uh, what were you guys saying before about Atrocitus and his waxing poetic? Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I know the preacher thing was a bit was a bit much at time when he took that, that turn as well. But, you know, Guy, you have your little uh, – like Soul said, your little biker crew. So they're kind of rough and tough and still got a little bit of heart in there. We've, we've even seen uh, – Oh man, what's her name? Turn around. Uh, uh, please. We've seen yeah. her kind of. <laughs> as turn I drew around. a blank too, please. <laughs> you know, we've seen a softer side of her now as well. So, you know, they're really building up the characters. And they've also given them, and we've talked about this, I think, too, they've kind of given them a point, you know, just like almost like a mission statement that they have and not just, yes, Atrocitus being holding up a skull to be or not to be. Or <laughs> exactly. And I. I'm actually behind on the podcast too because I don't I don't listen ahead of what I'm reading. So, you know, those spurts you'll see me posting online and stuff on the forums once I've actually caught up and listened to some episodes. So, but you you guys are steadily putting them out. I got to give you that. There's a lot of consistency there. Yeah, we're doing we're doing what we can to try to stay stay up on stuff. And even as we as we record, uh, we have but two more future futures and issues to come out this coming Wednesday. And our plan is to record on Thursday to do. All five of the futures and books, and put them. So, yeah. So, of course, people at this point, people probably would have listened. Eh, no, they may not have listened to that actually, because I don't think futures ends. Depending on the editing of this episode, I'm not sure if it'll be out before or after. Based on number, it would have to be. Uh, <laughs> it might be. Who knows? 
Uh, let's see. So, what's your, of of our little podcast here, which you've been a important member of for a while, what are your favorite episodes? <laughs> Besides the ones that, were, that you're in, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so that can still um, be your favorite. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, everybody loves a good rant every once in a while. So I think Chad has been the king of rants. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I've heard one recently, but a while back he had a pretty, uh, pretty good rant about the books crossing over and getting some more Earth time and stuff. I think things like that are kind of uh, what make me giggle the most. Could be uh, make a highlight reel just of Chad's rants <laughs> or, or, or a special episode, Chad's Rants, Volume One. Uh, anything uh, the, the soapbox tapes, <laughs> the lost tapes. <laughs> these are things. These are things Chad went to rant about that we that, that were deemed just too extreme, even for the Lantern cast. <laughs> uh, and you know, I, I got I got to say, I'm not on the web page as much, but I like that you guys are really incorporating the web page postings and stuff with you know things that are going on. So you guys keep it lively. Well, thank you. We <laughs> we appreciate that. And certainly, since Jim got us. Kind of got the uh, ring cyclopedia stuff started. That that helps too. That we've got that we've gotten some episodes of that. Ooh. And I just did the uh, I just did the White Lantern one downstairs downstairs before we recorded. So I'll, I'll actually try to post that one tomorrow. Nice. So let's see. I'm trying to think what else people would be very interested in. So well, you're you're well, and you're do you do a lot of podcasts? So what kind of what podcast do you listen to besides? Hopefully ours. Uh, <laughs> pretty much most of the main ones uh, enjoy iFanboy, iFanboy, of course, uh, Word Balloon. Um, there's a Rachel's and Miles Explain the X-Men, which they kind of started at the beginning, but they don't really have a strict chronological order. They tackle subjects at a time and explain to you pretty much everything. So I'm really liking that. Like, for instance, they did an episode on the Star Jammers and just pretty much covered everything from the beginning Till today, just talking about the Star Jammers and stuff. So that's a really good X Men podcast for like the layman. People want to learn about it. That's an excellent one. Um, I said Word Balloon, CGS. I cherry pick episodes because they have a lot of episodes that usually come out. Um, John Mayo. I like the the numbers, hearing the you know stats and comic sales, the boring stuff. My wife hates, but I enjoy that and. If, sometimes 11 o'clock if I can find time, 11 o'clock comics, but I've been getting into a little bit of audio books and actual books, books with no, uh, with no pictures, and that eats up a lot of my time. Everything's eating up a lot of your time. Yeah. <laughs> time yeah. is eating up a lot of your time. And, you know, Nikolai, our, my second son, he just turned one. So, yeah, I'm dealing with him too. He's running around the house now. So, yeah, family time is always fun. <laughs> so it's amazing you can listen to as much stuff as you do. I try. It's, it's not easy sometimes. You know, you have those late nights when you're just possessed and just don't want to sleep. You just find things to do and keep yourself busy. So those are the good nights to just throw on a podcast and, you know, organize some comics or map some stuff out because, you know, I'm still enjoying my binding thing as well. That's cool. And what about blogs? Do you have any time to read any blogs or is that something that's kind of like not as – more passe these days? Yeah, more passe. I mean there's certain websites I kind of check on news but – not too many blogs. Yeah, it's a fine line, I think, with blogs these days. I think there seems to be a certain amount of certain opinion that seems to be uh, that maybe in the in the land of audio and video being everywhere on the internet, that maybe uh, getting you know a pure blog, nothing but 
a blog, a blog, and nothing but the blog <laughs> might be a bit, might be a, <laughs> might be a, I don't know. You got to form, you got to form habits is the thing. You kind of got to make a habit out of it and then you'll get, you know, in the steady schedule with it. So that is true. That's like, just like checking your favorite website for updates and things like that. If you, yeah. if you're used to doing it, you still do it even, even regardless, regardless of the format. Yep. 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 So Corwin, we thank you again for coming on. You are a very, as I mentioned before, you're a very important member of the Lantern Cast family, as we've done the, the Lantern Cast, the next generation skits. <laughs> which, and, which I like to think in some uni- in some universe where you know Chad and I were kept apart because it'd be like the Ghostbusters crossing the streams and would destroy the universe. <laughs> in some universe, our our future Lantern cast is still is still in a it's still viable out there. It's another it's another it's one part of the multiverse. It's still out there. <laughs> but you're a very important member of our family. And we're glad you were able to come on and spend a little bit of time with us. Especially with that yeah. schedule you have, my God. <laughs> yeah, but I make time whenever I can, and I gotta say, I, you know, I still love the show. The, the second guard is as fun as the old guard, so you know, you guys keep doing what you're doing, and you know, don't get too discouraged with it. I know some people out there like to gripe, and everybody's gonna complain about something, but you guys keep doing what you're doing because it's it's good stuff. Well, thank you very much, and we try to do <laughs> we do what we can, of course, and we feel, I and mean, obviously, to a certain extent, the material is not as Exciting as it was at one point, so we had to do. But at least, like you mentioned, Red Lanterns. Red Lanterns to me has been very fun. That's why I'm. We'll see what happens after Sewell leaves. How that book will, you know, transition into that. But hopefully, it'll continue to be one of the better books. Well, you know, I, I got to give the creative teams now a, a lot of a, uh, a lot of props because they've they've actually mined that lantern history and brought things up that still relate. You know, they brought back Sodom, you know, they brought the scions in things that I don't want to say new 52, but like when John's relaunched green lantern, some of that history that they're kind of bringing back around, which is good. Oh yeah. There's no, there's, that's true. Like I think uh, Chad and I, we talk about from time to time. That's one of the things you have to give them credit for, for bringing, for bringing back either older characters or older concepts, things that have been kind of pushed aside just to, mm-hmm. so they have done some homework in, in the, in the mythos of Green Lantern, even though, even if not every single, moving beyond the Durlins <laughs> and, and how long that went on, just the idea that not every single thing like lights out may have been the concepts behind it, not everybody really liked, but at least they tried something different. So at least you, you absolutely have to give them credit for that. Yeah, and I'm waiting for that that blue ring that's been floating around since way back when to show back up. Yeah, so. you mean Hal's, right? <laughs> yes, Saint Walker's original <laughs> ring. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe it'll come back to Saint Walker when it goes blue again. Here, I have two. <laughs> You'll have one ready whenever you pick a new core member. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, so thanks again for coming back on, and we look forward to having you on again soon. And obviously, it'll. It won't be it won't be after episode three hundred. You'll be on long before. <laughs> then, so then again, at this rate, episode three hundred might be like by February. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. All right. Talk to you soon, Corwin. All right. Thanks for having me on again. Anytime. All right. Later. So, Dwayne, actually, Dwayne, you 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 really haven't. This is the first time you're on the podcast, correct? This is the first time I've been on your show. Yeah, I've been listening. I say this is probably real. your 200th episode is probably the 100th one I've listened to. So very nice. So how are we doing so far between us and the and Jim and Dan and the, everybody in between? 
What original? I don't even know what you're talking about. What original? <laughs> I've completely forgotten those hacks that were before. <laughs> Jesus. No, I would say, I, I, I will not lie to you guys. I was a little nervous when you got, when it was the whole switch coming, like, oh, am I going to lose my favorite Green Lantern podcast? Like, I got really comfortable with the guys that were there. They'd, I've been with them for like 70, 80 episodes, whatever it was at that time. But you guys came on and you didn't even miss a beat. It's like the same energy, the same fun, fun energy the show has. I really appreciate it because like Green Lantern's my character. I mean, I got, about a half dozen custom made Green Lantern rings. I got a Green Lantern tattoo. I got shoes, a belt buckle, the whole nine yards. So Green Lantern's big on me. And this podcast was like my main Green Lantern fix. And you guys are doing an excellent job. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad. It's good to know we didn't drop the ball because I think that was kind of the, I think that was, I can't speak for Chad. Chad, I can't speak for Chad, but I can, I can speak for me that I was a little, yeah, I was a little nervous having it. I mean, I was happy to have it drop in my lap, but I was kind of nervous about, you know, the expectation game between Jim and Dan. You know, they did a good job, so it, was, it wasn't – they were big shoes to fill, so I'm kind of glad at least that we're doing our best to fill them. <laughs> I know, definitely. I, I, You know, not to slight those guys, but the show was just as good. Not like they weren't good, but you guys right in the same ballpark. You didn't even miss a beat. And <laughs> – and no offense, and no offense to the current storylines going on. It's not like it's not like we had Blackest Night or something really big to help us get off to a great start. <laughs> the Durlins does not count. <laughs> what your Durlin expose was breathtaking. It had me on the edge of my seat every time a Durlin episode came out. I was excited. <laughs> Which was every week there had to be a Durlin episode. <laughs> of course, I've never. You know what? Up to this, I've never even heard. I mean, the Durlins. I, I knew there was that one uh, legionnaire that was a Durlin, but I've never seen the Durlins. Put front so much. I thought there was going to be a Durlin movie announced by DC. <laughs> oh gosh, probably right. Probably that'll come right after the lights lights out two storyline premieres. <laughs> exactly. Which I guess they kind of hinted at, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, they, there are those rumors about a Legionnaire movie, so we're not that we're one step closer to a Durlin movie. So you never know. Oh, Durlins and Coons. Oh my. <laughs> That needs to be that needs to be a bumper sticker or a shirt that I can wear at a con. Yeah, and it's yeah, and just no no more Durlins. We need we need the Scarlet Witch just to say no more Durlins. No more Durlins. <laughs> <laughs> so besides our illustrious podcast, what other podcasts, if any, are you listening to right now? Um, podcasts I listen to. Say, I listen to you guys. I listen to uh, the Chronic Insomnia. I listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, Star Talk. I listened to I listened to a lot of the Smodcast shows. I used to listen to a lot more when I had a different job, when I had a lot of walking time, when I was doing security. But now that I'm teaching, I only have my lunch breaks to listen to stuff, so I gotta had to trim the list down. So <laughs> you guys are probably the the main comic book podcast I listen to. Now, other than that, most of my things are either sports or like comedy stuff. That's cool. Health, healthy healthy variety is always good. Good to good to break things up. Yeah, I mean, I like, like we mentioned before we started recording. So I used to do my own show and stuff, and it, it's the fact that you guys are so consistent, I, I really appreciate it. Someone who can't, I don't have enough money to buy all the books. You guys are my, my, my little like Wikipedia thing to keep me up to date on the books. I can't buy them all. And it's really nice that you guys are so consistent reviewing the books. Even like, even when we get those Durlin things going on, it's like, <laughs> I, like, I, I, like you guys are taking a bullet for the team reading that stuff. I'm like, thank you. When, even when the Red Lanterns was unbearable at the beginning, I was like, thank you guys. For, so I wouldn't have to read it. Yeah. If, if, if nothing else that we, we, we proudly take on the sacrifice of reading some of this stuff. It's like, 
I mean, we wanted to, you know, obviously we would like some of the stuff to get better, and we want this, we want there to be good sales, of course, for some of the, especially for the books we like. But yeah, sometimes you try to, you try to be objective, and I think we always try to be objective. We don't, but oh, it's, it's, you know, some, sometimes you, you gotta call a spade a spade, and if it's not working out right, it's like, he's like, eh, I don't know. We'll see how new, we'll see how God, Godhead, you know, pans out. I don't know. Do you, do you like the new gods, or you're kind of so-so? You know, I have, like, other than Orion showing up in Wonder Woman, I've never really read any of the new god stuff, so it's, it'll be all new to me, so I'm kind of excited that they're not they're going a new direction with it. I mean, I've, uh, I've, they seem to always fall into the same so many villains that space people fight, so throwing the new gods is something, you know, is new, so that's exciting. They're, they're trying something else, and it's expanding the Green Lantern universe, so as long as they don't end up back on Earth blowing up the Eiffel Tower for the third time. I'll be completely happy. Oh, those pesky Red Lanterns. Well, it was just I, I was like I was listening to you guys talk about the Red Lantern episode of how the Eiffel Tower got blown up. I was like, didn't Firestorm blow up the Eiffel Tower in his series at the beginning of the New Fifty Two? I'm like, how many Eiffel Towers do they build in the DC universe? That thing is knocked down like every other year. They must have extras like uh, in reserve, kind of kind of like the Marvin the Martian thing with the with uh, the, the, with the aliens. Just just add water. You just drop little drop on the little Eiffel Tower and, tower it's just, and it grows it's up. It's an full inflatable scale. Eiffel Tower. Exactly. It's just inflatable. It's just we just blow it up. Someone's gonna come by in a week and lock it down anyway. Yeah, that's the problem with one of those great icons. It's like, oh, that'd be great to blow that up. <laughs> like in movies, how many times has it been destroyed? Like in movies. <laughs> oh, exactly. The White House, Eiffel Tower. This just. Uh, the Statue of Liberty gets either cut in half or blown up. Every other action movie, just, yeah. I feel bad for that damn thing. <laughs> Especially if you're the insurance company. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, not again. <laughs> uh, so you, you already mentioned that you, I think that you, you're not entirely caught up with the books, right? No, I I try to catch up. I like mostly I read Green Lantern and I've been reading Red Lantern every time it comes out. The other ones I kind of pick and choose. If I hear you guys give it a pretty good review, I'll go back and pick it up. But yeah, Red Lantern and Green Lantern are the ones that I'm on, I'm on top of. The other ones kind of have fallen out. I just, you know, books are expensive. There's only so much time in the day. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and and be, again, like like I mentioned, being being selective. There's nothing wrong with being selective. So you like Green Lantern more than Core? Uh, yeah, just because it, that was Green Lantern when Jeff. I, I don't know if I'm just extremely loyal to the book because that was like my my major book i was never really a much of a collector or buying things on a constant basis i would just go and just buy random books and really didn't care about story but when john's was writing green lantern that was like one of the first times i ever got hooked on a book and like i had to read the entire arc of the series and i, I every month i was there picking up that book and i just haven't stopped and i don't know if i just it's become like ingrained in my brain that when i go to the comic book store if there's a new green lantern i just buy it I mean, I think, to me, Red Lantern has been better than Green Lantern, which completely surprised me because I didn't like Red Lantern when it started. But the last thing, the last arc with everything, once Guy Gardner got into it, it's been so good. I'm kind of bummed that, it, you know, Charles Soule is leaving and all that kind of stuff. But at least we got a, an unexpectedly good Red, Lan- Red Lantern run. That's true. And hopefully because it's going to be seemingly going to be a nice segue point. Mm-hmm. From a new creative team, since he's really not going to get to establish whatever, where, whatever direction they were going in, whether they were just planning the more or less the adventures of Guy as a red on Earth as the predominant, you know, the main story, the predominant story, then tying it in with Bleeze and Rancor eventually. If that's the way they were going to go. It doesn't mean they won't still go in that direction. But either mm-hmm. way, that new direction really shouldn't get established too much, since everything's going to be wrapped up. Wrapped. The next yeah. three issues are going to be all of it with uh, 
Godhead, and of course the Future's End issue is kind of like diff, you know, it's separate from everything else. So it's going to be a, a natural transition point, which I guess is a plus. But yeah, it makes me, it does make me nervous of of all of all of all the, of all the creative creators to leave these books right now. The one guy you, you wouldn't want leaving is him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Like, if they just keep in that same vein of where they're almost like when I describe the book to people, it's like it's kind of like a a biker gang Punisher in space book. You know, they just roll around and they're you know they're badasses and they just beat up lesser badasses who are picking on little people. That's kind of like their thing. I'm like it was cool the way it was. As long as they keep that kind of energy where they're just beating up people who are not as bad as them but just right a notch below them, that's completely fine with me. I think that is a good direction for the book. I think. <laughs> They've done a good job of fleshing out the, uh, the like their mission statement and what they stand mm-hmm. for, and giving and de- and developing them, developing them as people or characters as opposed to what you know, just being mindless and just you know atrocities as lackeys all the time. Yeah, I'm I'm all for you know I know y- your your partner likes having lanterns on Earth. I'm a big lanterns need to be in space guy. I don't like lanterns on Earth. There's enough crap going on with Superman, all the other big hitters. I like. The rest of the galaxy belong in a Green Lantern. So if Green Lanterns never go back to Earth, I'm completely okay with that. I'm okay with them being in space. That's cool with me. And it is kind of ironic that the that not not counting Simon, of course, that the only real Lantern that we might get adventures of on Earth is going to be Guy. Exactly. <laughs> like, we're gonna we're gonna Simon and Guy team up book or something going on. Their adventures, a red and green, you know, hard traveling hero style. You could see something like that, especially since they do have they they do have some history together. Yeah, back in when uh, Simon first became a Green Lantern, so it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. This is true. <laughs> so, how about any blogs? Do you read? Are, are you currently reading any blogs? Have you read blogs? Are you kind of transitioned away? Because it seems like some people have transitioned away from reading blogs. And are- yeah, I was never like I, said, I was never really into the reading the blogs because my my when I'm on the computer, I'm doing my own thing. I I write my own, like, I make comic books. That's what I, I'm like, like an indie comic creator. So my time is, I'm working on my scripts and things like that. I don't really sit down and read too many blogs. That's why, that's why podcasts to me are almost like an audio blog that I can, I can just throw on when I'm at work or I'm working out or whatever and just listen to it that way. Just sitting down and reading something, I spend too much time typing up scripts and stuff. Where it's just, I don't have, I don't want to sit in front of a computer more than I have to. That's understandable. I, 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 that's. I think that seems to be the consensus these days. I think people are moving less away from blogs. I mean, and, and I think like Corbin and I. I think Corbin and I talked about this. It was the idea of, or Corbin mentioned it, I should say, that it's what you're used to. I mean, if you're used to checking a certain website for updates and seeing what's new, mm. then you, then you'll continue to do that. So, but if sometimes it's hard getting, you know, add, adding more to the list, you know, more logs to the fire mm. sometimes becomes. Yeah becomes a little more difficult. So here's your chance for a plug. Any any any, any of your comics or anything you want to plug? <laughs> Feel free. Um, it's your opportunity. Okay. <laughs> stuff okay, you're working okay. on. Okay, Green Lantern fans out there. These are non-spacey, not, nothing like Green Lantern at all books, so bear with me. Um, I have one book that's coming out through Action Lab. It's called Midnight Tiger. It's um, a book I'm doing with Ray Anthony Height. Issue one just came out like two weeks ago. Issue two should be coming out in the next week or something like that. I know that in in previews right now, they're already soliciting for the trade paperback of the first four issues. You can talk to your comic book store. Make sure you order that. That would be awesome. And then the other book I do is completely in, indie. That's uh, my book. It's called The Adventures of Arrow Girl. It's an all-ages story of a, a young girl who is being trained to be a superhero by her dad. She has a jetpack. He's got OG Superman powers, you know, jumping over buildings, that kind of stuff. 
He's going to hand the powers down to her one day. But unfortunately, something happens where the powers, instead of going to her, end up on a gorilla. So now she has to fight crime with a, a gorilla with Superman's powers. And that's an, that's a, that's an all-ages book. So it's like the, kind of like the 800-pound gorilla in the room, but except it's your tag team partner. <laughs> exactly. He's got super strength. He's not like, like I always say, he doesn't, it's not the dad and the gorilla. It's not a super smart gorilla. It's imagine a gorilla that has Superman's powers and maybe a little bit smarter because that way she can, it can, it can understand like two or three word commands, but you can't not go sit down and have tea with it. It's not Caesar, but, 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 it, it's, but it's on your side. So it helps. It, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's a heroic gorilla. It's, it's, it's not a talker. <laughs> yeah. Talking's overrated anyway. Yeah, exactly. Definitely have to check those out. It's just interesting. Oh, definitely. I, I'm having I'm, I'm having fun doing. We said so we just did issue one and two of Arrow Girl are available on uh, Selfie. If you go to just put Adventures of Arrow Girl into Facebook, you'll go to our Facebook page on the stores right there. You get them digital through there, and I think you can go to Indie Planet and get the print ones if you want those. Uh, issue one of Arrow Girl is, is available in Spanish. We, we're working on getting issue two translated into Spanish right now. So we go we go we go multilingual. <laughs> Get to cover all the bases. Hey, you know, it works. My, my artist on that book, uh, Oxer Nias, really talented guy from Mexico City. So he's from Mexico. He does his, his cons in Mexico. So we're like, well, we might as well get it in both languages so he can sell them. I actually sell a few. I live in Southern California where, we, you know, we have Hispanic people out here. A lot of people speak Spanish. So I, I do sell a few itches at the cons with the Spanish ones. So it's always fun. I mean, I got to explain to people, I have no idea what it says. I just assume the translation is right. Hopefully it is. <laughs> you, you hope the translation is right. As, can, people sla- just, as people pick up your comic and slap you in the face on the way out. Fact, it could just be a grocery list or a Mexican food <laughs> menu. I don't know, you know, but it, it looks okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is just the way they greet people in Mexico. Smack right across the face. I know. The, face. the French kiss, the Mexican slap, I guess. I don't know. I'm not worldly. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so now here, here's a self-serving question, kind of, sort of. Uh, sure. So what what are your favorite episodes or moments from the illustrious history of the Lantern cast up to this point? Not counting this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think my appearance is at the apex of That's this. That's right. Show. I think it's all going down. I might stop listening after this. I don't think it's going to get any better. You'll, so. just keep, you'll just keep your part of the episode on loop permanently. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's going to bring my ringtone is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Um, no, I, God, I wish I could just say like, if I'd have been, oh, you know, episode 132 was awesome. But I mean, I really just like just the concept that everything about the show is so good. I mean, think on mind is like when they did the April Fools, when they did the Nova cast, that was pretty funny. It caught me off guard because I didn't realize it was April. I had to like check my RSS feed <laughs> to make sure I had the right podcast downloading. But yeah, I just love when you guys just cover everything. I know you guys just put out an Emerald Twilight one I haven't listened to yet. And I really like that kind of stuff where you go into the trades, the classic Green Lantern stuff. Cause I haven't, I haven't really read a lot of that older stuff. And when you talk about like hard traveling heroes, things like that, things that were before I started reading and I don't really go back too much in the back issue bin. So when you guys do that, it's kind of like you get a great appreciation for the character when you hear all the history and you guys do it such, do it so well. It, it makes you want to go back and read those things. I mean, I never read Emerald Twilight, but I'm sure after listening to you guys, I'm probably going to pick it up because you guys just put a good energy out there. Well, thank you. And I think Emerald Twilight, I think, is a must-have in so mm-hmm. in your in your or any you know Green Lantern fans collection, regardless of whether you read it at the time and or didn't, regardless of how people fe- felt about it then compared to now. I think either I think it's just it's such an important story and it's long and it has long lasting cha- had a long lasting impact, even if some of those imp- the impact has changed. 
Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, there's no doubt that it's, you know, it changed the status quo for like about 10 years and still most of the things of, that occurred in Emerald Twilight are still technically canon. I mean, yeah. Coast City, seemingly not, but Hal was still Parallax and yeah, mm-hmm. I always go on to, I, this is my mini rant about that all the time since that really makes no sense and you think they would want to give us an explanation of how you he know, became I, Parallax I, then. I, I, until you said it right now, I never realized that the Coast City is back in the New 52 and he was still Parallax. So what made him become Parallax then? That's... Huh. Yeah. I never thought about that. Jeez. Well, co- well, Coast, really well don't forget, I mean, Coast City was back even in the Johns era because it was rebuilt. But, but, according, yeah. but I think, I think Dan DiDio said, I think Dan DiDio said something to the effect that, well, how was still Parallax, but Coast City was never destroyed now. And it's like, well, then that's kind of a big, a missing piece of the puzzle. Yeah, because that was the thing that broke him that made Parallax be able to take him over. Unless he's just saying that the slow leak of the yellow into his ring every time he charged or whatever is what eventually turned him. But you need that moment that turns him, you know, quote unquote evil. So yeah, you you would think we'll get that as a story or something at some point. You think we're no, gonna get it? You know we won't. They're gonna reboot the universe before they tell us that anyway. Come on now. We can only hope they reboot the universe. <laughs> you know, hey, multiversity is coming up. That book's doing crazy things. Who knows what's gonna happen after that book comes out? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we know the Anti Monitor is back, so we'll see if maybe. And they're, the, certainly they're hinting at doing another crisis, so maybe. Yeah. But the odds of them. The odds of them doing a crisis, which truly wiped out the new the new fifty two, is unlikely. Probably the, the best you could hope for is again some kind of mishmash between some of those. Like they throw out the crap that people don't like, and they keep the stuff people do like. But then again, they tried doing that when they started the new fifty two, and look what happened. Well, I don't mind. If, I don't mind if they go new fifty two like they did Marvel with the Ultimate Universe. Let's be two universes. Why not? DC used to was the one that started that whole multiple universe stick. They had Earth one, Earth two. Why not just have New 52 universe and have whatever classic universe, whatever you want to call it, where Superman still has his red trunks on. That was, there's two universes. And if you, whatever you like, you read. A big deal. I mean, it worked. Everybody wins that situation. You get more books out there, more creative teams. You can do more different angles. I don't see how it's necessarily a bad thing. No, I don't think so either. Which means they probably won't do it. <laughs> as, as I'm saying, it this makes much sense. It's not going to happen. No, probably not. But we can – it's something It's something we can aspire to maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know, you know what? That that mentality is what got me into writing my own books. It's just when I got tired of seeing things a certain way, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do my own da-da-da-da. And I actually have my own Green Lantern-esque story that I've been working on slowly over the couple of years where it's my own little space opera type thing where they have power, energy, weapon type stuff. I'm like, this is if – I, if I took Green Lantern, this is what it would be. I'm – Almost done with. It. I'm looking for an artist, so hopefully in the next year or two, I can actually get it out and I can come on the Green Lantern cast and I can let you guys read it. Very nice. Sounds interesting. Definitely look forward to reading it <laughs> and seeing it, obviously. <laughs> so, Dwayne, uh, thanks again for coming on because it's always nice having somebody on who hasn't been on any of our episodes before, especially a big anniversary issue. It's and you're such a you've been a, such a loyal fan and a loyal follower. Certainly, we talk on Facebook all the time, and you always comment and you make your opinions known. And we and we know that we know you're out there, and we we know what you're thinking, and when you <laughs> you tell us anyway, and we appreciate that, and it's important to us. So, we're, you know, I'm I'm really glad, and I know Chad's really glad too that we were able to finally get you on for this anniversary episode. Well, I'm just glad to actually be able to. You know, when I'm listening to you guys, I'm always talking out loud, 
but you guys never hear me when I'm listening to the recording. So it's actually nice to say something and you actually respond. <laughs> this, this is, this is nice. doesn't make me feel as crazy, but I, you know, I, since I do have the moment, this is just one thing. It doesn't like, this is going to sound weird, but the way you guys say Oa is so weird to me. Every time you say it, it's like you really pronounce Oa, like Oa almost. And it's like, it makes me smile every time you say it. Cause I've never thought of saying it that way, but the way you say it is like, ah, oh, it's pretty cool. It actually sounds like, Sounds more, you know, elaborate. Like it's like it's more pronounced. I don't, actually when I first when we first started doing these shows, um, I, it was either it was Jim or Dan, probably Jim, who I think I think you mentioned that. Like you don't have to put so much emphasis on the A, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like well, that, that's the and I go and I and I said to him, it's like it's not like I'm doing it on purpose. That's the way to to me. That's the way I've always pronounced it to myself. It's Oa. It's not Oa. It's Oa. It's it's just the way it's always been to me. So that's why it's that's the that's the only reason I know I do it is just because it's it's natural for me to say Oa. So that's it. But but it's funny. I like it. It, it, it. Every time you say it, it makes me smile. You're the only guy I've ever heard say it like that. I'm like it's awesome. It's his own little spin on it. <laughs> well, thank you. It's like it's, it's always nice to to take something and make it your own. <laughs> it is. I mean, if I because if I ever hear someone say it, I'm gonna assume it's you. I'm gonna turn expectancy mark somewhere. I'm like, Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and you never know. Maybe I will be there. <laughs> well, it's been really great having you on, and we'll definitely have to have you on again, even long before you you finish, you know, you you finish your Green Lantern comic book. We can bring you on to talk about your other books and to talk about uh, other stuff. Maybe we'll just we'll pick a maybe we'll do a nice episode, or I should say, an issue review episode, something a storyline that you're interested in. Maybe we can all work that out. So. Hey, any any time, like I said, Green Lantern is like my main character. So you guys want to me come on, review a couple books, review a storyline, or just talk about anything, movies, cartoons, toys, rings, I'm game. You got it. We'll definitely take you up on it, Dwayne. Awesome. All right, so we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, man. Anytime. Bye. Bye. You know, it's amazing to me that we have a podcast now where everybody who listens likes him but hates me. That's the starting point. <laughs> uh, We've officially started now. <laughs> That's the first thing I want to hear listeners, I want listeners to hear is Dan saying what he just said. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, funny how that worked out. Yeah. I mean, we had the exact opposite for five years, so I guess it's my turn. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that was the whole point. What of you being on the Lantern cast. I thought you like I was there to offset your inherent unlikability. Yes, yeah. When when I was uh you know figuring, let's like who who would make a great co-host, and I, I said, you know what, Dan's really likable. He's a likable character. He would totally offset my unlikableness. I, I absolutely did think that. Hmm. So why so me? It, it's it's very <laughs> ironic because Kanye West was unavailable. <laughs> Well, hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. But Dan was better. (laughs) Well, well, Chad, I mean, I I would think it's obvious. Like, I wanted Dan because he was very likable. I wanted Chad because I wanted somebody even more unlikable than me (laughs) to make me look better by comparison. Chad just wouldn't stop writing in, so he just kind of kept, just brought him in. Why not? Why not adopt the puppy that's gonna keep coming back for scraps every night anyway? Uh, you know, there was there was a point where where Dan and I like switched roles for the lantern cast, and like I became like 
the more like the the more upbeat person and Dan was like, you know, it's like this sucks and I hate everybody. That's odd because I don't remember him ever saying his <laughs> name first. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no. No, I always well you see well that's the other thing. I always had my name first on the podcast, but in like everything digital, Dan's name always came first for like artists, for creators of the show, everything like that. Is that just an alphabetical thing? Like, why is that? No, just, uh, I figured... He just wanted know, to throw you a bone. <laughs> no, no, seriously, like, I figured, like, if I'm going to be doing all this, like, you know, this stuff, then I don't want to be, like, the person, like, taking, like, you know, first credit for everything. Because, you know, it's not, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a Jim Ford production. You know, it was, it was a, you know, podcast that was co-hosted. Hmm. I didn't know that. I assumed it was alphabetical. That's why it says Chad Bulkelman and Mark Marble now. <laughs> I seriously so, did think it was alphabetical. Just because I would have had to, I would have had to kill Chad in order to get my name first. Probably. <laughs> yeah, really. So Chad says his name first, and then he takes digital credit first. God, I think man. I think he actually writes his name a few times and then writes Marks. <laughs> If there was any way possible, Chad would make his name bigger in iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> He'll tag himself five times, Lantern Cast twice, and what am I missing? I don't know. Like, I'm sur- I'm sur- trying to search for Lantern Cast. All I'm finding is something called the Chad Bokelman Power Hour. What's that? <laughs> you know what I find hilarious is if you log into iTunes right now and you look up the Lantern Cast in the iTunes store, my review of the show is what pops up first. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I left I left that review when you guys were the only ones doing it, but I just think it's hilarious. Sounds suspicious to me. Uh, you know, Chad, the least you could do is spell Mark's name right. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's four four letters. Seriously, the amount of times that I've seen that misspelled in our is <laughs> ridiculous. Wait, seriously, my co-host, Mister X. <laughs> <laughs> M- Mork Mrak <laughs> Make Crom Were people really misspelling Mark's name? No, no, I'm just kidding oh. God. <laughs> The worst they could misspell it you would think would be to throw a C at the end You would like to think anyway uh, I'd like to think much worse <laughs> but That's just where my mind goes We could make get rid of the A and the R and just put a U in there Muck, muck. That's right. <laughs> Give me a double muck, muck. <laughs> this is Mark, muck, muck, marble. <laughs> God. Mark, muck. Muck, muck. Um, Mark, muck. Now I'll always think of you when I see that weird fish thing. <laughs> well, I'm a Pisces, so at least it works. Wow. <laughs> and it all comes full circle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We should probably end there. We can't yes, get anybody. <laughs> Let's go out on a high note. Yeah. How's Slidercast doing? Oh god. We're still doing that. We yeah, we recorded last week. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Remember it it was when we had uh Aaron on again. Oh yeah, the savior. Yeah, the guy that everybody likes more than me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's it's funny because like there are people that actually refer to they refer to Dan as Mister Stargate, <laughs> and they refer to Aaron, who's you know a guy that we've had on a couple of times now. You know, really really cool guy, also from Long Island, ironically. 
uh, and they refer, refer to him as the Savior. Did they really call him that? Oh, yes. Yes, they literally refer to him as the Savior. I feel like that's getting into some weird territory. <laughs> I think so, too. Especially because I'm, I'm literally, like, like, I'm the one that they actually like. <laughs> no, and it's true. My, Based my on internal is, polling data. Like, they, they refer to me as uh, the other guy. No, like, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's me, the guy they don't like, and then there's Jim, the other guy, and then there's Aaron, this guy from another show that we bring, bring on sometimes that they love. <laughs> yeah, but, but Dan warrants the nickname, as does the guest, Aaron. And I, 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 I don't even, like, they don't even bother to learn my name. It's like, oh yeah, we like him. We really like his, uh, his passion for sliders. Um. You haven't done name? anything yeah. offensive yet. I, I, I haven't done, I, you know, like, I kind of want a nickname. I'll give you a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> and be careful what you wish for. <laughs> you, you yeah, tell no. him, Muck Muck. <laughs> <laughs> See, look what happened. <laughs> Man. You could just be that douchebag. Well, I could just uh, be the other. Guy. Well, actually, you know, it's funny because I actually do listen to a podcast where they always refer to like you know this one main guy as other guy, the other guy. So now they just refer to him as OG, and they've been doing that for like two hundred episodes. Hmm. That ain't gonna work for me. No, no. Well, let's say, are we supposed to take something away from that since this is episode two hundred? <laughs> no. Not at all. No. So when are you going to get around to reviewing the uh, Sliders novel? <laughs> oh, God, do I have to read that? You know, we probably aren't going to, just because, like, it is the pilot, and the only difference is that, like, you get some of the characters' thoughts along with it. So, I don't I mean, know. If, it's... if you want to read it, to me over Skype while I play Mario or something, then we could totally do that. Yeah, I, I can't see that ever happening. No. Um, well, not not on this Earth, you know, maybe on a slider. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I, I, no, yeah. No, no. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that show's going all right. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny because, like, we, uh, we do, like, we take breaks between seasons of uh, the show. Yeah, you still want to do that? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we did the first season, and it, you know, it went really good. You know, like, you know, it was a little bit of a learning curve, and uh, by the end, like, I think we, you know, we got it really good. And then, because the first season was over, okay, well, let's do some other things in between, you know, because... There's only five seasons of the show. Yes, you know, like, you break it up a little. Because there are a few other things to cover. So, um, you know, for one episode, we just had, like, a general, you know, sliders talk with Aaron, because Dan couldn't make that episode. Then we did uh, a comic review, because there's actually, like, what was it, not 11 comics? I, yeah, some, there's, like, 11 miniseries. I have, I'm going to go and look up some of these creators. Chad, we just read a two-issue sliders miniseries drawn by Dick Giordano. Yeah. What? Yeah. I know. There's this makes no fucking sense. I have to go find this this website to tell you some of the artists on this. Yeah, that's our that's our most recent episode, episode I think thirteen or twelve or thirteen. That's yeah, what's the website again? Sliders. That's big Not, name stuff right there. Hmm? What's, what's that? the website with the comics on it? Oh, Earth Prime. Oh, uh, that's right. Dot com. 
Yeah. So, yeah, we did the comic review. We have another, like, really zany kind of concept for the next episode, uh, which we've already recorded. And then I kind of want to do, like, I want to try and do, like, a con episode. I don't know how that's going to work out, but maybe we'll walk away with something we can actually use. And then we'll get back to, uh, you know, and start doing season two again. So, it's, you know, it's interesting because I had figured that we really wouldn't have that huge of an audience just because it's such a niche show. But, uh, it, you know, it's funny how, you know, we're seeing how many people actually are Sliders fans, you know, that really positively remember the show. So, hmm. Very nice. Hmm? What, are you going to keep going after you've covered everything? Or, or is this going to be like... Well, we've covered everything, and now it's a uh, like an archive of our thoughts on sliders. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is definitely this is a finite, you know, concept podcast. Like, yeah. Once we get to the end, and when, once we've covered everything, then sliders cast is done. You know. What's the next podcast? Stargate. Stargate. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, we've basically already figured that one out. <laughs> They're already six episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> We're banking them. <laughs> they already signed their syndication deal. Yeah. I can't uh, find this. Whatever. There's, it's, well, I'll find it eventually. Uh, everybody stop caring. So, so you guys are still listening then? Yes. To what? To <laughs> <laughs> Sliders oh, I assumed. I, listen. I decided I shelved most of it just because I didn't want to like re listen to issue reviews before I was caught up. So I have quite a backlog, but I've been like dipping into like the non review stuff. Except when I see Jim's on it, then I skip it. <laughs> He's only on one, right? Yeah, yeah but I, the way I see it, he infected the ones directly before and after him. The only yeah. episode that I haven't listened to is the movie uh, commentary. Oh, uh, yeah, that was. I want to do that, like, straight. I want to watch the movie while I listen well, yeah. to that. Yeah, and I mean, like, usually I'm listening when I'm at work, which kind of prohibits me from sitting down and watching a movie for, like, two hours. No, you're just doing it wrong. Just go to the bathroom and do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. My stomach is really killing me. <laughs> hour, and, hour and a half later. <laughs> I'm almost My done. legs. My legs. <laughs> I... Rectum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh God, I found this. Jesus Christ. That um, doesn't make any sense to anybody else, Chad. You just said rectum. <laughs> what made it better is you guys laughed. <laughs> so now the listeners gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> uh, oh. Okay, so. So, Chad, these are some of the, the creators that worked on these various sliders miniseries and one-shots, all right? We got Jick, uh, Dick Giordano, um, whatever. Jake. Bernard Jake from State Farm. Yeah, him. <laughs> Bernard... Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Bernard Chang, um... Uh... And that's it, folks. Fabian, Fabian Nicieza. Um, God, so many here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Jackson Geis. Uh, Jeff Johns. Probably. Yeah, he actually rebooted the universe. That makes sense. 
No, not really. God, who? Are, there was this one other name that was like, what the fuck? Rags Morales. There you go. Oh yeah, yeah, Rag, Rags. Actually, yeah, there was a. Oh yeah, that's right. Nobody cares over here. But Dennis I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say it anyway. Dennis <laughs> um, Calero. That's it. There was a, a final like comic that was written and. I think Rags Morales like either drew most of it or he drew the whole thing or something like that, and then they just never put it out. But like you can actually look around and find like a bunch of his pages online and the script. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. But yeah, but no, I am I am almost caught up, and then I'll be going back to hear <laughs> to hear your I'm sure glowing thoughts on everything. So, so you're, but you're, you're still getting all the titles? Yeah, look, I, I realize, I'm like, look, I don't want to read these now. I'm going to eventually, and I can get them cheaper now through DCBS than by hunting them down later. So I just stocked up on them. And, uh, like maybe like a month or so ago, two months ago, I decided, all right, let me just start going through this. I went month by month just cause why not? And I, Yesterday I finished the whole Durlin thing, so I'm like two months behind now. So you read a year's worth of Durlin stories? Yes. <clears throat> Which God was, bless you. you know, around the point, like once they got what's his face, the their Dur- the good Durlin guy, with them. Von Daggle. Yeah, like once we got around that point, I think it kind of picked up and became an okay story. Up until then, there was a lot of telling us there was this huge war going on, but showing us people sitting at a picnic table. <laughs> <laughs> it picked. It did pick up towards the last quarter, at least, of the storyline. Yeah, like, we got to see Hal, like, actually kind of grow as a person in leadership. We got to see... That's the problem, though. I'm sorry. You shouldn't have had to. Yeah, exactly. He, he was already at that point. It's just these... And I, I, I think the creators are doing some good things. So I don't want to sound like all I'm doing is bashing them, but I think that these creators just took Hal back several steps, only to you know it's it's like it's two two steps back, one step forward. I mean, mm. we're, we're we're he we're, he was already fine. There were, he he was making mistakes that Hal should have already learned this particular lesson by now. Yeah, but at the same time, I I I still don't think he's leadership material. In terms of, I mean, should he lead like a strike team and shit? Sure. Should he be in charge of the daily operations of this whole huge thing? No, that's a terrible choice. So I kind of, I like the fact that he wasn't doing well with it, but I don't like how they portrayed him not doing well with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think that book in itself, it has a lot of cool ideas and cool concepts that they just sort of don't do a lot with and just kind of, like... It lays, yeah, that's it a lays, cool concept, right? It, it lays flat like Hal's hair. Oh. <laughs> and, and they need, to, of course, to talk about the emotional spectrum being limited in every single issue because we might forget. Yeah. No, my my favorite is how, like, freaking Graf can't open his mouth without saying, like, you drain the spectrum, yeah. I'm not going to. You should stop it. Oh wait! Something, Stop it! Something very important just came up. Came up. Where I need to use my ring right now. <laughs> All right, that was a one-time only thing. It didn't use it to like flip off somebody just to show he could. Something like that, yeah. 
It's it's fine. <laughs> I really like what they're doing to Saint Walker. Yeah, they, you mean they, nothing? They, they depressed Kung Fu walking away, Saint Walker. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's uh oh, it's it's refreshing. <laughs> oh god, wait wait till, wait till you read the god the the first part of Godhead. If you thought if you thought Saint Walker was a de- was depressing to read at sometimes over the last year, wait till you read the first issue. It's like the it's it's kind of like they have to drop him into the abyss to get him out about his depressed it is possible, and then, then by the time you get to part two of Godhead, it's, it seems like they're slowly trying to seem that he's like waking up to the fact that you know somebody's going to be wielding this power, so why not somebody who can actually do something good with it? Actually, <laughs> actually, after uh, after Godhead, the next storyline has already been announced in Green Lantern. It's going to be uh, Saint Walker grounded. Where he just walks, he walks across Mogo. Grasshopper. <laughs> oh man. Just discovering what it's, what it's like, what it means to be, uh, whatever he is. Actually, you know, the Superman grounded storyline, when that started off by, uh, JMS. It was great. It was, it was phenomenal. And then all of a sudden JMS had to leave and go to, uh, Earth, Earth 2 or Earth 1 or whatever that book was. Earth, Earth 1. Uh, Earth One Superman Volume Two, which yeah, yeah, Volume yeah. Three has been solicited now. By the way, it has. Nice, um, but uh, yeah, like as soon as, like he had to leave like almost instantly. So he basically wrote up some synopsises for the next guy to take over, and it's just like you know trying to follow that. It just completely you know sucked, and then it just went immediately into Flashpoint, and then never mattered again. And anyway, well. <laughs> For now. Oh! Nice. Is that a reference to the supposed, whatever, crisis anniversary thing they're doing that might possibly reboot the universe? Oh, they have, they absolutely are going to reboot the universe. I don't, I think we're gonna get a lot of middle ground where, like, cause I, I say, I think they're in too deep <laughs> to just flat out admit they were wrong. So we're gonna get a whole lot of, of, well, here it's, it's, like that old universe, but it's not really when all the creators and readers know. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, but like the an, thing like is, like an amalgam, like an amalgam, maybe of the two or something. Oh yeah, that's, that's what that's... I think is gonna. I think that's what's gonna happen. I think they're gonna they're gonna bring back some elements or some characters from the pre fifty two, and then I yeah, but either that or they're gonna do what some people have sus- <clears throat> have hinted at. Maybe they'll do like Marvel and just basically have a new fifty two and a pre-52 kind of two two different right. s- series of books except for Green I, Lantern which kind of seemingly would be a really tough one to split <laughs> yeah I, all uh, I mean I, could they could they pull that off like could they have like here's the Green Lantern book where it's that continuity and you have like Kyle who never became a White Lantern and Hal Jordan who still looks like classic Hal Jordan without like the screw extra that flip- now, Green Lantern, they probably wouldn't do it with because they have – other than maybe getting a friggin' consistent story of what happened to Coast City and how he became Parallax. Other than that, there isn't all – there isn't a super amount of the backstory, I think, that's been really washed away or we know for a fact it's been washed away. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just wonky things. Like, like I'm still – like, the whole Kyle-Carol relationship, other than oh. being weird to say because their names sound so much alike – for me, like, I don't, I guess I'm fine with it, but 
to me, like, my big stumbling block was I'm not used to these characters all being contemporaries like they are in the New 52. I'm used to, you know, there was, I don't know why I remember this, but in Green Lantern Zero, when Kyle's fighting Hal, Kyle says something like, you know, what happened to you? When, when I was a kid, all my friends wanted to be Superman, but I wanted to be you. So, like, Hal was Green Lantern when Kyle was, like, 10 or something. So, like, I'm still used to, like, Hal and Carol having, like, a decade on Kyle. So, Kyle and Carol being in a relationship was, like, really strange to me at first. (laughs) Ugh, I hate that. (laughs) As anybody who listens knows, I hate this Kyle and Carol BS. It's like, well, Carol's a female, so she can date Kyle. I'm still, and I've already said it elsewhere in this episode because I've been listening to a bunch of parts, but I, I'm still under the impression that Carol is rebounding from Hal Star Sapphire style. Yeah, yeah I think I do too. I think it's, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's her desire to make sure to make sure there's some love being felt, so she won't lose the ring. So I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be a huge part of why she's being drawn to Kyle. Yeah. Plus, there was like one issue somewhere where. I, I forget how she said, but she made some passing reference to how he kind of reminds her of Hal on some level. Hmm. Well, you'd mentioned you'd mentioned them possibly getting rid of Kyle as a White Lantern. I don't want that. I think Kyle. No, I, I like it. I, I think Kyle's got his most. I think he's got the most potential as being the only one of a Lantern again. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure. like, oh, and plus, if they ever did, if they ever did that, people then you, then you would have these certain uh, percentage of. The Kyle fans that would moan and bitch again because he's not special again. <laughs> like, like Jim! Yeah. Now, what you call it? You say that, you know, if they went back to the old continuity, then it would be like them admitting that, you know, it was all a failure. But I mean, honestly, like, if you look at comic companies, like, what do they do? They basically pander to the fandom. You know, like, they, they want to put stuff out that the fandom wants. So if enough people, you know, wanted the old 52, then they would absolutely do it if it meant that they could restart the universe, create brand new jumping on points, and whole bunch of new number one issues. Like, I don't think they're going to go back to that other universe, you know, completely. Absolutely not. That's that's gone. But they absolutely will, you know, like, reboot this universe so that the old universe and this one are a lot more in line. And that's, that's why they never, you know, gave you the details of the backstory, I bet you that the whole time it was basically thought of, it's like, okay, well, let's do something radically different. We'll do it for a couple of years. And then on the anniversary of crisis, we're going to have a big, you know, thing where whatever was successful, whatever we, you know, we're going to throw a whole bunch of things at the wall and whatever sticks, that's the kind of stuff that we're going to integrate into the classic DC universe. You know, if if there's some aspects of, like, you know, the pre-crisis universe that we want to throw in, we'll be able to draw that out, too. So that way, like, after this next crisis, you're going to have, you know, stuff that will, you know, for DC, hopefully will appeal to the new guys and the old guys alike. Yeah, I honestly don't believe they planned it out that extensively. I think, like... We're not just, like, New 52, we're not just talking about a publishing initiative. That's been, like, their entire corporate identity for, like, three years. And every time they've opened their mouth about it, it's been to reassure people that, oh, this is 
this is DC now. This is staying. This is here. No this back is doors. No back doors. Never give up. Never surrender. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, like, who's going to take them seriously if and they just straight up back down from it or or decide to say you know we were we decided we we're going or we we're planning all along to do it this way like nobody's going to buy it listen that i think that they absolutely did because all you have to look at is the fact that nobody's been able to do anything with the 52 earths until now with grant morrison grant morrison is the only <laughs> one that's been able to dabble with the parallel earths you know, because DC said, okay, well, we're, we're going to have the main Earth, and we're going to have our book Earth 2, where we're going to have all, you know, our Justice Society, or our new Justice Society. Um, and then, like, after that, like, okay, now we're not going to pay any attention to any of those other Earths for now, because we want to focus on this one. But they knew all along that the, you know, the, the, the things were out there. And, and because, I, I mean, like, what you had said, Dan, as far as with Kyle, Kyle has, you know, he's been inside the source now. He is a god. He can, he has the life equation. So he can, like, literally, like, he could create life. He can do anything. He has powers of the White Lantern and the life equation. So, like, when it comes right down to it, if anybody is going to need to, like, like he's going to be the guy that's going to be combining universes and, like, you know, basically, like, those shards that are, you know, showing up in, uh, you know, the, the different comic series, he's going to be the one that's melding them back together into a cohesive universe. Yeah, I mean, I did throw that out there, but I don't think they're actually going to do it. I think that's one of those where, like, like oh, I'm obviously, obviously Secret Invasion is going to end with the Annihilation Wave coming to Earth, or whatever those two crossovers were that happened at the same time, which didn't happen, but it was a cool idea that Marvel readers had. You know, I I don't know. I mean, I understand the inherent <clears throat> desire as a comic reader who loves continuity and figure out, figuring out how the pieces fit to want to say, like, oh, they had this plan all along. I think they their plan kind of consisted of Let's launch this thing, get a lot of revenue out of it, and then see what happens. And that's led us to to month after month of gimmicks to try and replicate the like that big profit surge that they got from launching it. I, th- I think they were just trying to like <laughs> like how long ago did that happen? Was that like, three years ago? Three years or so. Um. What uh, what issue are we on now? Thirty six then? Yeah, it is, so that would be about right. Yeah. So like this is three years in. Now next year is next year the anniversary of Crisis. Yes. Yes. Now is next year the anniversary of Crisis ending? Uh. Or starting. Starting. Right. So it's probably the following year that Crisis ended. Which would be five years for fifty two. Five years for the fifty two. Now that's I mean like look at the like look at that. Like how perfect is that? You have this five year experiment and you have a like a at the end of five years you know, 
they could have said, like, okay, at the end of five years, if everything's going, you know, grand and dandy, then, you know, keep going. You know, keep going exactly the way that we are. So they try something? So they try something out for five years and then bail? Like the Lantern (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, no, that's funny. But not bail, just like, okay, well, now they get the best of both worlds. Like, literally. Like, literally, they can cultivate, you know, whatever worked in the new 52 and just, like, you know, steamroll it right into the old, you know, the old DC universe. And I mean, like, and everybody's going to buy into that because that's what DC does. Like, they do that better than anybody else, merging universes and, you know, walking away with a better product. And I I think that fact will help smooth it over. I'm I'm still not ready to believe that this was ever their intention. I kind of see both of your points. It's kind of like a girls, girls, you're both pretty kind of a thing. But I think... think, That was nice of you to say, Chad. You never... You never tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> but I think, I think, for, I think you both have a point only purely because of a, a reason neither of you have mentioned yet. Flashpoint. It, it was a, what, five, five or six issues miniseries that had crisis-like ramifications, but didn't feel like a crisis event. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So I think, I think, I think that if if they if they planned to make the new fifty two stick, or if they had let's say let's let's say they had uh, rather than that, let's say that they had every confidence that if they if if they thought they they had every confidence that the new fifty two would work, Flashpoint would have been a bigger deal than it was. But because they weren't sure that this was going to work, they made Flashpoint what it was, but had the crisis like ramifications. So that if it didn't work, and I know they've said no backdoors, but that if it didn't work, Flashpoint was the backdoor back in or to an amalgam of whatever they wanted to do. Because there was no, there's no, even though it had, like I said, even though it had crisis-like ramifications, and no matter what we think of like, you know, for instance, Final Crisis, I still count, you know, Crisis, Zero Hour, Final Crisis, stuff like that, uh, you know, Infinite Crisis, you know, those things. As crisis events, Flashpoint had crisis-like ramifications, but I don't consider it a crisis event. Mm. You know, the first, the first kind of hintings that this was going to happen was when it came out that uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle were going to be joining the Justice League 3000, and Keith Giffen was interviewed, basically saying like, <clears throat> "Yeah, they're." They're my versions of the characters. And I was telling Jim about this. And you went right to, well, how does Flashpoint make sense? Like, I mean, I forget. We got, you mentioned Flashpoint at some point. Um, you know, well, how does Flashpoint make sense? How can that universe be out there? How can this? How can that? And I thought back to, <clears throat> I thought back to that time there for a while there. Giffen has said, you know, I know exactly how to bring Ted Cord back to life. I can do it in like two panels. And people were always like speculating, oh, he must have some, some kernel of knowledge of some detail from the character's history that everyone's overlooked or forgotten about. And I, I believe one day he just told people like, yeah, he would just write a panel where Ted walks in the room and says, hey, what, what's up? What I miss? <laughs> so to a certain degree, you know, we're trying to figure out like what, 
what like their intention is, what like how it would work with continuities and crises, 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 crises. whatever. Crisis. <clears throat> yeah, like yeah, whole crises. <laughs> I'm I'm left to ask. I'm left kind of with the question of like what I I asked you this, Jim. I don't think you answered because you were mad, but. What matters more, like, the the fact that a character is back from the dead or how the character came back from the dead? Oh, and I, what, I said what, both. What would, like, yeah, but, like, like... Both, like, you... For a comics fan <clears throat> that's been following, you know, like, the universe with continuity, there has to be both. Because, yeah, like, but... if you like, you have the character return, and that's awesome. But, I mean, like, without the why, then, you know, you don't necessarily know that that is the character. Or, you know, like, you know, a perfect, a perfect example of this is um, the end of the Peter David run of Supergirl. And in that, you had... Um, the you know the the supergirl of that that you know day and age where she had like the white shirt and the blue skirt and who that actually was was like the supergirl the post crisis supergirl who had like uh, merged with Linda Danvers and it was a it was a weird you know kind of origin she yeah, was she's... also an Earth angel blah blah yeah blah. she was kind of an angel or something yeah 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 it was very 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 convoluted. Well, for, like, the last, like, four or five issues of that series, all of a sudden, a rocket ship crash lands on Earth, and it's carrying Supergirl. And it's not just a Supergirl, it's the pre-crisis Supergirl. And, like, you know, basically the gist of it was that, you know, somehow, through, you know, some reason, this rocket had crossed from the pre-crisis universe to the post-crisis universe, and, like, the Supergirls ended up, like, switching places, um, you know, they both got to, to live a life, and, you know, in the, the, the end result is that they ended up having to, you know, go back, and, um, the old Supergirl had to die in crisis, like she was going to, you know, just the way things had always gone, for the rest of the universe to work out. But, I mean, like, at least you had the explanation that, you know, it's mysterious circumstances, and it definitely is that Supergirl, and, like, there are definite ramifications that are, you know, going to come about from that, but it wasn't just, like, Supergirl shows up, and you don't necessarily know that it's actually Supergirl, or, you know, what the hell's going on. Like, there was a very clear distinction, you know, of how she was there, you know? It was mysterious, but it was somewhat defined by the fact that you show her, you know, her home, you know, universe being the pre-crisis universe. You know, like <laughs> I, it's difficult to to put into words, but you can do it in a way that doesn't exactly define what happens, but also gives a satisfactory explanation for it happening. Like, if Booster Gold, Gold walked in one day, you know, then they could very easily, you know, fix that by saying, okay, well, it's Parallel Dimension Booster, uh, a Blue Beetle, 
Um, it's booster gold, time traveling and getting him and like leaving a dead body or something like that. It's a clone or, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm assuming that it, you know, it actually is a, a blue beetle or, <laughs> you know, like some sort of like, you know, somebody made a pact with God and, you know, blue beetle came back to life or something like that. <laughs> It doesn't have to make a lot of sense, but you have to have some sort of explanation or else you do assume Durlin or, you know, shapeshifter or, you know, some sort of imposter or demon or anything else that would imply that it's not Booster Girl, you know, not, not Booster Girl, that it's not Blue Beetle. So you just have that question, you know, the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, when I think about, like, there's a lot of people that got burned by the new 52 and stopped reading DC. So if they hear, oh, they're doing the old stuff again with the versions of the characters I like, are, are they all necessarily going to care how it came back? I mean, wouldn't the person who's been missing Blue Beetle just pick up the Blue Beetle comic and enjoy reading about Ted Kord again? Well, that, and, that, and I, I said to you, like, well, I, I think I actually read it, and the explanation was that they were from an Earth. It was not the, the you know, pre-52 DC universe, but it was a universe that was very, very, very similar to it, just where Blue Beetle hadn't died. Yeah, that, yeah, no, that's where this, it first started, where I got, like, I read the same article you did, or, or interview, whatever, with, with Keith Given as you did, and I, I that to me was dripping with, oh, it's a, it's like it. It's not, it's not it. It really is though. And for those people who are actually missing the Ted Cord Blue Beetle, just as a random aside, since I used to do the Larflees report, which has migrated over to the Facebook page, but that's neither here nor there. Um, there's a. Uh, <laughs> There's a uh, show, black and white showcase edition of the blue, Be- the original Blue Beetle series coming out. So one Blue Beetle one through twenty five. Just it was just solicited. I thought it was cool, and it was one of the picks of the week. So there's that. Nice. You, yeah, there's been a lot of Blue Beetle talk. I just figured, you know, since he's a point of conversation, I might as well throw that out there. <laughs> you know, you know, it'd be funny if they had like a, a showcase dedicated to Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. That could be part of your ridiculous duo. Oh, that's gone. There's no point. <laughs> there, there's no. There's there's no point in doing it unless there's the echo effect. Uh, Too bad James took that with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> you know, for what for everything that's gone on. Like, again, I'm still a couple issues behind on everything, but overall, the line of Lantern books is pretty good right now. Even, like, the worst of them is just sort of, like, kind of mediocre. Which one do you think is the worst? I think the Hal book is the worst. Uh, cool. <laughs> I don't know if Chad agrees or not. Sorry. Yeah, that was an odd... <laughs> I don't know if that was a sound of affirmation or disgust. I think it's the Halbook is the worst. <laughs> Mark knows core is the worst. It's disgust. Core is the worst. I don't. I don't know. Like 
Look, I might be biased because I like John a lot and I like the core better than any single lantern. But I feel, especially at the beginning, I felt like that book was the better version of the Hal book because it was basically the exact same series. Yeah, like the they're, U- so, they're so closely tied together that it's, and that for better or for worse. I mean, those two books are more tied together than any of the others. So if the storyline carrying forth <laughs> through both of those books is not you know, enthralling, then then it's going to suffer. Uh, I think there have been some some issues of core that have been better than Green Lantern. Yeah. I I tend to think Green again, and and like you said about your feelings towards John, I think maybe because of my feelings towards Hal is that makes that uh, you know the flagship title to me slightly slightly better. But to be fair, there is not to me there's not a whole lot of difference between those two books. Especially, I mean, look how look at how they both started out, right? So the human main character gets drafted into a position of leadership that he doesn't really want, and it keeps him away from Earth and from dealing with his relationship with his star sapphire girlfriend, and then he has to fight the Durlins for a while. (laughs) It's the same thing in both series. Although with Kor, they at least, they they keep like, it's it's, it's weird, because Kor is currently doing things that we've wanted to see the Lantern books do for a long time. It brought back Sodom Yat. It brought back the members of the Corpse, that Black Ops team. Um, we've, you know, it doesn't happen that often because of the damn crossovers, but we see John and rookies going out and just doing random shit around sectors, whether it's sa- it's stopping a nuclear meltdown or stopping a dam from collapsing or whatever. It's, I don't know, it's, it feels like it's, they're, I don't know if it's like they're they're capitalizing on love of the last era of the series, or if like they're making a conscious effort to kind of like give readers what they might have been wanting. But I kind of I get more out of this than I do the Hal book. And I think I, I mean I agree with you, and I've said it I've said it on the episodes in the past. It's just that even even though we're critical of the books, I mean Mark, you know I'm I'm, I'm quick to say. Well, they are doing Kund and Durlin and this is cool and you know, we got Scions and other planets and stuff like that. It's just the execution right. isn't isn't there for me. And yeah, kind of I mean, and Chad and I have like you Chad kind of alluded to a second ago and kinda of even following up on what Dan, what you just said, that in a way this is kind of one of the more interesting things and we when we discussed this previously, it's like in a way Core is kind of giving you the stories that you would expect to find in a book called Green Lantern Core, but yet the book is still not satisfying. So the question is why? And yes, it has to do with it's probably it is the execution. It's making these things. It's making one over overreaching story as opposed to smaller in like individual story arcs that now that may have some common threads, but not oh like. This is a 15 issue storyline, or this is a 12 issue storyline, yeah. and and of course, you know, for Godhead is going to be like another 16 issue storyline. So I think that's what I think that's what is probably holding it back. I mean, because Core is that's what you would expect a book about Green Lantern Core to be, and I don't know. I it's hard, so it's really it has to be the execution. It has to be the specifics of what they're doing, not the general concept of it. Yeah. Or hell, I mean, the look at the two, like right now, Hal Jordan is the leader of the Green Lantern Corps. That's what all his stories are about. Jon Stewart started this run by wanting to just go back to Earth with Fatality. So why not have 
Green Lantern Corps be the book starring Hal and the Green Lantern Corps, and Green Lantern be the book starring John and Fatality doing Earth things. <laughs> Earth is make, Earth is a dirty word in the Lantern titles. It is. It is. I I Please like. Please tell me that, this drives you guys insane too, because I have a feeling that every time I say that, some people are like, "Oh, here goes Chad again." But I have no. a feeling you guys miss Lanterns on Earth too. Yeah. It, uh, and it drives me nuts because we have one. They just don't use him for anything. Yeah. I just, I at least appreciate the fact that we got to see Carol in like I think it was the New Guardians annual. She just she just said like, "Look, I have I have a business to run. I'll be back tomorrow." And she just like goes back to Earth and does Carol stuff. <laughs> she gets sick of it really quick and flies away, but she it she's she tries. <laughs> That's true. I, I, she does. <laughs> or she did. I, I thought it was funny how, like, they basically, uh, well, between the issue where they brought Hal's brother and, you know, and family to Oa, um, and then the other one was when, like, they basically went to Earth and, you know, spoke to, you know, what's his face for five minutes? Simon? Uh, yeah, ba- yeah, Baz. Um, you know, like, they, they had, like, these, these interactions with Hal's family almost as if they were like, you know, saying it's like, okay, Chad, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Now stop complaining about it for five minutes. It's like people, people want to see the interactions on earth. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, it's funny. I get that Green Lantern is like their, their central cosmic book. You know, and I, I get it. It makes sense. It works for most of the titles. But when you have an entire, you know, publishing universe that is right now set on the fact that there are 52 parallel Earths. 52 Earths. <laughs> now, granted, there are parallel dimensions, you know, universes attached to each of these Earths, but Earth is the focal point. Like, it's not 52, like, you know, swirling universes on top of each other. It's 52 Earths on top of each other in the orrery of worlds. Because DC has come to find that people mostly just care about characters that are on Earth. You know, that's why Green Lantern was on Earth for so long, because people didn't really care when he went out into space. Like, there was a time where people just did not care at all. Now, granted, it was also because they weren't doing a lot of great stuff with him when he did go out into space, but that's neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is, people really do like their Earth stories, you know, and there's a lot of stories that they could tell, you know? Like, you you have... It's almost as if that one issue... Where, like, when Hal was, uh, you know, when he had given up the ring, and he's with Carol, I think it was like issue six or seven of the new 52 Green Lantern, where the, they had that horrendous artist that made Hal look like he was like a 15-year-old. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, when he got into the fight or whatever we're trying to... Yeah, yeah, and, and Hal's on Earth. I mean, like, they gave us that one issue, and it was so horrendously drawn, and like, you know... It, it was fairly poorly plotted also. It was just a bad issue all around. And that's the issue where he was on Earth. 
you know, and it's like, well, nobody really liked this issue, so we're not just, we're going to take them off Earth for the next four years. You know, it's like, give us a good issue. Like, I mean, with Simon Baz, when they introduced Simon Baz, like, okay, his origin sucked. He has basically the worst origin of any, well, of any Green Lantern, pans down. He has the worst origin out of most people in the DC universe, really. But I mean, after that, like, the parts with him on Earth, you know, you had car chases, you had him saving people, you had him, you know, learning how to use his powers and stuff like that. And it was all on Earth, and he had his family there, you know, and you had the issues of uh, Emerald Warrior, where Guy Gardner was on Earth, and he was with his family. And I mean, like, they told some really great stories, like great stories. And, you know, now you, you rarely see that. If people are on Earth, it's like to have a fight and then leave Earth. You know what I think? You know, and I said it, I said it earlier, or quote unquote earlier in this episode, but I think the Green Lantern title should be Hal Jordan as protector of Sector 2814 with Simon Baz as his sector partner. Most, most stories focus mainly on Earth, but occasionally they wander within their sector, uh, to, to do things. Hal being the veteran. And teaching the rookie, Simon, how to do things. Plus, we get more interaction with Simon so we can actually come to care about the character. Because, let's face it, the majority of us Lantern fans probably weren't reading Justice League of America or anywhere else he popped up. So, (laughs) Green Lantern... And he's fallen off the face of the earth, no pun intended, pretty much since. (laughs) Green Lantern New Guardians, Kyle stays a White Lantern, and that's the cosmic book. The cosmic, crazy, awesome adventures with, you know, space sharks and stuff. You know, keep keep that the craziness, awesomeness that it is, and just leave it alone. Let Kyle be his White Lantern self doing his, you know, almighty power thing out there. Green Lantern Corps, I think Jon Stewart should be the trainer of the Corps, like Kilowog was. And I think if they're not, let, let's say, for the sake of argument, that Guy Gardner is no longer going to be another Lantern, he's going to come back to being a Green, put Guy Gardner being the one going off and doing missions and stuff like that within the book that is core. And you have yeah. three titles. Yeah, but I mean, you don't you don't need to spend that much time on Oa. Like Green Lantern Core. That's why I didn't, I didn't say you had to spend time on Oa because you have two you have two lanterns in that book. You have John Stewart as trainer of the core and Guy Gardner as being, you know, Guy Gardner going out doing missions and stuff off Oa. He doesn't have to stay on Oa. You can have him doing stuff at Warriors. You can have him interacting with John or and or John interacting with him. You can have them teaming up to do missions. You can have Hal and Baz join the fight sometimes or Kyle join the fight sometimes or, you know, whatever. Because let's face it, DC is not going to stop doing intertidal crossovers. So, but, but set them in different areas. Because, like, what I'm saying is Kyle has all of space to play with. And maybe it's time. Who knows what kind of power he has. And Hal Jordan and Simon Baz have Earth and Sector 2814. And Jon Stewart and, and, and Guy Gardner have Oa and the Universe. You really mean Mogo, really. Well, right? Yeah, Mogo. Yeah. I, I agree with the fact that Jon and Guy, you know, being in Green Lantern <laughs> 4, if they are going to bring Guy back into Core. Right. And I do, uh, I just, for the record, I do like what they're doing with Red Lanterns. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, 
but like you know, who knows where that's going to go now that was it? It's it's soul, soul leaving, yeah. right? Um, who knows where that's going to go? Who knows what they're going to do if they even want guy? If that book is so up in the air, I don't even know if it is going to last after Godhead. But um, what do you call it? Like with Green Lantern Corps. Having, I don't think that John is a good fit to train recruits. I think John is a great person to manage the core as a whole. You know, and because I mean, like he has the mind for like you know the op, you know the 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 different operations, and um, he would be great at like directing. Okay, well, we need you to go investigate this, and blah 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 blah. He could train a small group very well, but training every new recruit, I think, like, that that would make him a very one-dimensional, well, it would make him a very one-dimensional character, and I think for Jon Stewart, like, they really, they need to do so much work to give him a personality, because he's just so, like, he goes from one note to one note to one note characters. It's almost as if, like, if you were to ask, like, any Green Lantern, you know, creator in the past, you know, five years, who's your favorite Green Lantern? None of them would say Jon Stewart. Because, I mean, like, you know, looking at the books, it doesn't look like he's ever, you know, gotten, you know, the the time or whatever to, to, to develop him into anything, you know, really great. Like, the best that he got was when he snapped the other Green Lantern's neck, you know, and created a slight charge, you know, to be able to break free, which was really a cool moment. But, I mean, like, it was a moment, you know? Have you listened to the most recent episode? I have, I have. And I actually, I I think what you were saying as far as, like, your, your basic, your rant on how nobody really develops him, I I think, you know, it, it... it definitely uh, hit a lot of good points. And, like, I mean, they have this character who I just I feel like they don't know what to do with him. Yeah, I think it's I think it's hard-traveling heroes, which is basically his conception as a character, uh, and the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited series that ever had anything significant to do with John. And everybody else is just lost. Now, to be fair, I haven't read Mosaic. Read it. So I don't know if you would think... Do you, well, here's the deal, though. Do you think Mosaic was a cool story, or was it also just a, a cool story and a good character-building piece? Not character piece, character-building piece for Jon Stewart. I am in awe of how extremely I could answer that question right now. <laughs> it, it, like, it, oh my, like... There are parts where you'll forget you're reading a Green Lantern book because it's all about the man that is Jon Stewart. It's hmm. so like it, like that, like that series. Like I've identified Jon m- several times as being probably my favorite of the Human Green Lanterns, and that series is why. And it's like it's, I I can't describe it in a real succinct way. Like, if you care about the character and you want to see the character developed and explored and just, like, 
dissected and bisected and vivisected from every angle, read that book. The Christmas issue is terrible, but read that book. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the few mosaic issues I have. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that would be interesting, like, if somebody, you know, said, okay, I want to take on Jon Stewart, I want to write Jon Stewart, and, like, the direction that they took him was, like, basically a parallel path to what Mosaic, you know, did to him. Yeah, like, the when it was over, because I was reading the letters pages, too, the writer said, like, I'm, this was... This was such an experience. I'm probably never going to write something this personal again. It's like that. It's read it. Damn it. (laughs) But yeah, whatever, whatever they do, like whatever they do to shake it up, they need to do something to shake it up. Because I like Green Lantern in space. Like it drove me crazy that. In the 90s, almost 100% of Kyle's run was on Earth. Like, if you wanted... There was there were years where if you wanted to see a Green Lantern in space, you had to pick up Morrison's JLA and hope for a panel of Kyle standing on the watchtower. <laughs> so the fact that we have Green Lanterns in space now, I love that. I just... Like, they can't do the same thing with five books, and that's what they're doing. And like every book is the main character who's usually a human and his group of of weird aliens off in their own corner of the universe doing space things. See, and I, I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil anything for Dan, so I'll just say the end of the latest Green Lan- uh, Red Lanterns issue, not the future's end one. No, okay. <laughs> ends with Guy Gardner on Earth. And, and it drives I've, me up a wall. And the only reason I haven't ranted about it on air yet is because it's essentially the same variation. It's just a different variation on the same argument I've had about lanterns being on Earth. It drives me up a wall that this god the godhead thing is coming, and all the lantern books are involved in it. So that means this these few panels we got of guys on Earth now. He's probably going to be here a while. Means nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. I mean, I am glad they at least like. Each book is kind of off doing its own thing with its own group of characters. Like, like yeah, there's lots of spillover between Core and Green Lantern. Yeah. That's basically it. So, like, you never have that, you know, you know, what? how does Belize make sense here in both of these books? She's smart here and an animal over there. You know, we don't have any of that stuff. <laughs> they, are, they are integrating Sinestro a lot into into the main flow of the books now, certainly related to Green Lantern. That's, okay. So Sinestro seems to be a a major player at this point. He's clearly he's going to be a major player throughout Godhead because they've already kind of set that up in the first two parts. Right. But you your know, point I, is still valid, of course. I'm just saying. Oh, of course. I made it. It must be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, have, uh, I have like two points. Um uh, this is going to touch on, you know, what I was saying earlier as far as, you know, the upcoming crisis. Right now, the two weekly series, well, they have one weekly series, and then they're going to be coming out with another one. The next one is um, Earth, World's 2, Earth 2 World's End. 
which, I mean, to me, would make sense, like, to tie, you know, very closely into a crisis situation. You're killing off a, a world. But on top of that, you also had this Future's End, where, you know, like, even, like, the upcoming issues, like, they're teasing, like, red skies on the cover. Um... And the whole thing is essentially five years in the future. Um, it's basically, you know, a what if story. So, like, basically, my point is like they're telling stories right now that, like, telling a weekly story that kind of doesn't matter at all to lead into something that would wipe it out and you know and replace it anyway. But circling back. As far as the, like the future's end goes with uh, the Green Lantern titles, like, do you see them? Like, do you look at them as having any point, or was it like just a what if story? And you know, like they're actually doing just like throwaway stories right now because <laughs> they know that this universe isn't going to mean much of anything in, like, a year and a half. You you listen to the latest episode, so you know what my... I mean, <laughs> I, I said it in, in the damn synopsis. Well, I know, <laughs> I but said, I this, mean, like, I, D, wanted, I wanted you to D, touch a little more on that. DC's giant middle finger to their own future continuity. <laughs> they're not, uh, it's not going to happen. There's no way in five years they're going to say, okay, it's now been five years since the, uh, since the Future's End one-shots. You need to get your characters to this point right here so that this story makes sense now. <laughs> it's, it's... I think I think they are going to work some of the elements in, uh, that we've seen in those stories in at some point. I don't think the, I don't think I don't think it's a blueprint. Oh, we have to be here in five years, no matter what we have to do. I don't. I certainly don't think that. But I think some of the aspects that we touched upon, they are going to they're going to use some of them in stories. And like I mentioned on that episode too, even if it's only they kind of make you think they're going to go in the same direction we saw in Future's End just to kind of throw your curveball and go completely in a different direction. But yeah. I think there will be some elements. It just better not be the damn Shadow Empire still around in five years. <laughs> yeah, like I, I jumped ahead and read the Green Lantern Corps, one of those, just because someone on Twitter kept asking for my opinion on it. And like there was a car- – I, I – thoroughly forget this character's name but there's a character in there who by the time we're at five years later had betrayed the core and like yeah and i think i feel like that they put that in there so that we're kind of reading forward within the back of our minds of is he is he up to something right now is he is he working again like like they just want to plant these little nuggets of of oh my god is this going to happen kind of things knowing and they have the freedom to not but they want to play with it they want to play with our expectations as readers right because now because they can always set up a story where you know there's a traitor in the core and of course every every red futures end to remember it we're gonna our eyes are gonna be focused on mara going oh it's gonna be that little bastard right there but really it'll it'll end up being someone much more like like Someone you like more, like it'll be like right. Fesca or something. Muck, muck. <laughs> I was gonna, I was thinking muck, muck. We've been down that road with Mucky before. <laughs> That's why you'd never suspect him. That's right. <laughs> oh man, that was a fantastic conversation. <laughs> it was. Uh, and, it's okay. 
okay conversation. And we went over an hour. I was, I was, t- I, I typed to Mark while I was, uh, while you guys were talking. I was like, this is fun. I'm just poking the bear and listening. <laughs> How long has it been now? Over an hour. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, time yeah, to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, before, before Mark and I go into announcements and closing, do you guys have anything else you want to say? Whether it be about the show, about it hitting 200, about your own show, anything like that? It sucks. I, I really thought Chad was <laughs> sunk the ship by ours, now. <laughs> I was I, expecting I think, that. I think we know. I think we both know. Yeah. I really thought Chad would have uh, sunk the ship before 200, so thank you, Mark, for keeping <laughs> us going. You're very welcome, Dan. Uh, um, yeah, no, I listen each week. Um, it's 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 still fun. You know, it's, it's, it's actually a lot of fun getting to listen to you guys, because... Uh, like I don't, I don't really read the books, uh, so basically I'm getting everything from you guys. Um, the one thing that I would say is that, like the episodes where, well, I, the episodes that I know that you're enjoying the stories more, it, it's almost like you, you get more out of the the issues. You take more time to like. Um, I guess dissect them and like pull out like the little things hidden in the background kind of thing, which is always my favorite. So like if you guys could work and do that more on like the absolute shit issues that you hate, <laughs> that would be awesome. But, um, but no, you guys are doing a great job. So, uh, thank you for keeping it going. Cause, uh, God knows I couldn't keep this up for, you know, up to 200 issues. Well, I mean, thank you Episodes. to th- thank you to you guys too because what? Mark and I are only responsible for what 30, 40. Well, 30. yeah, 30. Well, we also have uh the the uh Wizard World uh, episode and, you know, the so about 35 or so episodes. <laughs> we're we're only responsible for about 35 of those 200, so Yeah, but 35 is that's a significant number. Lots of podcasts fade out before that. You guys have been doing this for about a year now. Yep. Oh, sure. A little bit less than a year. Close. Knocking on the door. Yeah. <laughs> Did not yeah. know that. I mean, I have like 17 of these sitting on my phone waiting for me, so I don't have anything specific to say. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I mean, the le- I mean, the last time I listened... It would be a weekly occurrence for Chad to just go on a 20-minute rant about something that may or may not be related to the issue. So, I mean, if you still do that, that's cool. <laughs> but no, I'm just, I'm, I'm really glad that you guys are still, are passionate enough about it to keep everything going. Cause I think there was like, there was that like, like it, we weren't sitting there thinking like, okay, how's this gonna go? But there is that, like, that kind of like, what will survive the transition kind of thing, and, like, will these guys really like still doing it? And it sounds like you still are. So, like, I'm really happy that happened. Well, we're glad we're carrying on your legacy as well as anyone hopefully could carry on your legacy, guys. And I <laughs> Big shoes to fill, but I think, at least at this point, I think, at least if nothing else, I think Chad and I are kind of com- comfortable doing it, and I think that helps, too. And, like, and like you said, Jim, it's the material does make the material makes the man. I think so. When we have a, when we have issues that we like, I know personally it, it makes. I think I do a much better job when I'm doing issues that I really like, as opposed to it's kind of like 
when you have an assortment of crap and everybody, you know, you got to touch, somebody's got to do it. And it's like, okay, you try to do, you try to find something to talk about, which is interesting, but sometimes it's hard, but definitely when we have better material, like, and so that's why at least for Chad and I, Red Lanterns and New Guardians and Sinestro have been like a breath of fresh air so far. Yeah. I was going to say like, you guys are in like a good place right now. Like Sinestro and Red Lanterns are always great. New Guardians, you know, the Scion thing, not so much, but that book is usually really good. Core and Green Lantern, like, depend, like, we have differences, but Core and Green Lantern are like, eh, that's alright. And that's, like, there's nothing that's outright bad. There's nothing that is Red Lantern Milligan bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So when are you guys getting a threshold? Stop it with threshold. You're not the only oh, person. You're not the only person to ask us that in this episode, as listeners will have known by now. <laughs> I know. I, uh, I heard. He's just adding salt to the wound. <laughs> and as Chad knows, I went actually looking for some of threshold issues tonight, and luckily I have not found anything <laughs> but the annual yet. I got them all. You want them? I'll mail them to you. Nope. I know I have them. It's just a matter of which plastic tub they're buried in. Buried I'll being bring- the key word. So they originally I'll- probably thought I was never going to have to look at these again. I'll Chad- bring them to your house. <laughs> COD. <laughs> uh, what you call it? You know the one thing that I would like to hear um, is, uh, and I'm not saying you know often, but like every once in a while, like um, you know, like other guests, like not not even like interviews, just like other guests to help you know cover something. Kind of like with uh, what me and Corwin were there for the um, Sinestro Core War. Yeah, I think I'm, not, I'm not saying that you should have me on because <laughs> I don't want to come <laughs> back. <laughs> I think we'll do more of that. I think probably in the next year, I think we'll do more of that. We, we did that in this episode. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's kind but of it's a special episode. You know what he means. I know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, like stuff like that, you know, that'd be fun. You know, you got to keep it fun. If, it, if it's fun then you're going to want to keep doing it. And if it's not, then you're not going to. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I've already got plans for that, and Mark kind of knows about it because we, we talked about it when we first took over the show, but I don't think we've discussed it since then. <laughs> but, like, I was going through my, my my you know, what issues I need for, for my Kyle Rayner run. And I have the Green Lantern three of a kind issue, but I don't have the Flash or Green Arrow. So I was thinking, I, I mean, I even asked on Twitter recently, you can double-check, you know, is there a good Green Arrow podcast out there that focuses on the comics? Because I think there is. I, well, yeah. well, that that posts regularly. Um, hmm. I don't um, know how often. Yeah, I don't remember, but because I, I think I think it would be cool to have you know cover that storyline. Lantern Cast covers the Green Lantern issue. You know, Flashback Podcast or someone covers the Flash issue, and you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, and, and, and do it in parts. Yeah, yeah, do it up like you you do uh, some of the blog crossovers. Yeah. Yeah, I actually want to da- download that uh, fire and water episode that you were on because that issue sounded pretty uh, pretty cool. Yeah, Chad. Yeah, the way the way they did that was pretty awesome. I like how in the begin I started listening to it. I haven't got I actually haven't gotten to to your part yet because it's like a. Three hour episode. Like this one. <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I, 
I laughed at first though when they they introduce you as a Green Lantern expert. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, I appreciate I appreciate a show that can lead with jokes. <laughs> I guess it sounds better than a Green Lantern amateur. <laughs> Found this guy on the street wearing a Green Lantern T-shirt. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so uh, we're gonna go into announcements and closing, unless you guys have anything else. Listen to Sliders Cast. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, Lauren and I, we have a special announcement, <laughs> and we were waiting for tonight to announce it. Uh, you want to do the honors, honey? Baby number two. Chip is gay. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Chad, it's your lucky day. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Lauren, Lauren is pregnant. Again? No, not really. Not really. <laughs> April Fool's. Lauren is gay. Lauren's oh, Chad, it's your lucky day. <laughs> oh, God. Chad, it's your lucky day. Oh! <laughs> what? Uh. I know somebody said, said it already. Really somebody said it already. Said yes. It already. So you just. Oh, oh because I wasn't listening. Because just like everybody else. Shit. <laughs> oh. Wow, that was really mean to Mark. Ouch. Okay, guys. Now the episode's ground to a halt. Uh, why don't you guys do closing announcements? All right. Uh, first announcement is that. Uh, as you guys hear this, or as this episode posts, Thursday I have to leave to go to Puerto Rico to my father's wedding, and I will not be arriving back in Austin until Monday uh, night, <laughs> and we usually post episodes on Tuesdays. Uh, so since it is the, uh, you know, 200th episode, big, big, you know, hullabaloo, it's a nearly four-hour episode, <laughs> um, you know, what we're going to do we're going to post this episode. We're going to take a one-week break and then come back um, because there is no way we'll be able to record anything between now <laughs> and next Monday. <laughs> so that's that's basically impossible. <laughs> uh, and there's no way I'd be able to post it anyways. Um, and then uh, the uh, second announcement is the announcement that the Lantern cast is going to be running, uh, for Mark and myself, our first contest. <gasps> Ooh. A contest that actually delivers when we say it, we will. You enjoying that glass that Jim sent you? Yeah, fantastic. I'm actually and that wasn't not for a contest. That was not for a contest. I'm actually drinking I, out of a Super Show 2011 glass right now. <laughs> I uh, I just I just wanted to be known that I I did fulfill all the con con uh, contest prizes that I had. You can't even give. say it. Uh, anyways. So, I did. So the contest. It took me two years, <laughs> but I finally made that tenth core ring. It won't take us that long. Um, <laughs> the the contest is, and we don't we don't have like a cool name for it, so we're just gonna call it for now because we can't think of anything better. Lantern cast testimonials. It's a it's a lantern cast testimonial contest. Now the way this works is. We know that we have a lot of creative people out there, but we know that we have a lot of creative people out there who are in various different uh, creative ilks, so to say. Artists, writers, bloggers, podcasters, you know, maybe they just do audio editing, who knows. So, 
The idea is, since we're at 200 episodes, and at some point maybe we'd like to do something with the website, you know, we've talked about that in the past with Jim and stuff like that, change things up, maybe do advertising, who knows. And, you know, Mark and I have a new direction, you know, us being the, the co-hosts, and now that's 200, so there's, it, we're kind of in a good place to change things up a little bit. If you have the ability to either draw or, you know, write a cool blog post or... You know, we've got a back catalog of over 200 episodes of uh, worth of audio. Maybe if you can find various things to do something cool with all of that audio, mix it or something like that. Make If you want to make a song. I mean, one of the cool things, and Dan, you can back me up on this. One of the cool things that Fire & Water does is they have a great listening community. And we know we have a great listening community, too. Um, but, the, you know, the Fire & Water listening community, sometimes they submit songs and, and, you know, art pieces and stuff like that. And I don't think we've ever provided an outlet for you guys to do that. So we're putting out that request now. You know, Facebook accepts, you know, header photos. So does Twitter. There's, uh, you know, there's things like that that we can use. So if you can come up with a piece of art or, like I said, you edit something creatively, write a cool blog post, write a really glowing, you know, review somewhere cool or, you know, something like that. We'll receive all of those entries, so you're going to email us those uh, with necessary, you know, attachments or links or something like that to lanterncast at gmail.com. This contest is going to run until the end of the year slash Christmas, because I highly doubt we'll post anything between Christmas and New, and the, and New Year. Um, so it'll run till the end of the year. At the 1st of January, Mark and I are going to take all those submissions, pick our collective top five, and then draw from a hat. Unless there's something that we just get that blows both Mark and I's mind, then we just cannot believe it's, you know, it's so cool. Uh, so the prize is going to be, I actually have a set of the Green Lantern Rebirth action figure set with the trade paperback and uh, the Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, Sinestro action figure. You're also going to get a softcover copy of Green Lantern Heroes Quest, the novel, and a set of the plastic Lantern Corps rings, you know, black through white. So um, submissions from now until Christmas slash the end of the year. Anything cool you can think of uh, and, and just send it in. Mark, you want to add anything to that? Yeah. <laughs> well played. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> it's been a long recording. <laughs> it's been a long road. Yes. Getting from there to here. <laughs> Yeah. Good oh, boy. Do that, everybody. <laughs> uh, you've been listening to the Lantern Cast. <laughs> and if you want to send an email, lanterncast at gmail dot com. The website is lanterncast dot com. Yeah, yeah. You're stealing no, my skin. I, th- I think you said. I think you pretty much said it. Said it all, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm just glad that Chad is still this, basically the same way we left him. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because if he were to what change, and it was a change for the sake of change, that was only changed for the change's sake, because, I mean, that's not the kind of change that warrants changing, oh, right? God. What did I do this time? Listen, 
the voicemail is 708-LANTERN. <laughs> That's 708-LANTERN. So give us a call and let us know what you think. Twitter and Facebook, too. Twitter and Facebook. <sighs> I got that copyrighted, Jim. <laughs> also, leave an iTunes review. Put it right next to Chad's. <laughs> Stitcher. Hashtag GLCast. Twitter. God. I don't even know. Is this even the last segment in this thing? Yes, it is. All right. Uh, that's fitting, at least. Uh, what did I do? <laughs> nah, you're fine. Stop being Happy paranoid. 200! Signing off from Owa. Owai? Owa. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, there you oh. go, Chad. I'm poking a little bit of fun at Mark also. Yeah, he is. Ah, <laughs> uh, just wait till you hear this episode. <laughs> when I think about you, I touch my <laughs> Mark gets it. <laughs> yeah, but you, the, the timing was pretty poor, Chad. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like is, this still the epi- is this still the episode? It's pro- probably, probably a good thing that I still have control over the FTP. <laughs> uh, Jim Ford, out. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. Good night. I guess I'll just hang up now. This was Jim. Bye.